welcome to another episode of We Explain, oh. Of We Explain Doors. <laughs> I'm Dorothy. Shut up. <laughs> I'm Doris. <laughs> and I'm Dora. <laughs> welcome to another episode of We Explain Movies. I'm Kimmy. I'm Kayleen. And I'm Courtney. And this is the podcast where three best friends submerge you in a cesspool of spoilers as we explain rate slash review, and decide whether or not to see the latest and greatest or most beloved classics of film. This is a cesspool for spoilers, so this week we're actually going to be explaining the entirety of the 2019 movie The Intruder. So if you haven't seen it, tune out and then tune back in. And uh, if you have seen it, there's also some other movies we're probably going to end up spoiling on accident. So check out our Twitter and Instagram for spoiler timestamps on those other bad boys. This is how it's going to go. We're going to start with what we watched this week. We're going to move on to some questions related to the movie, followed by the explanation, and then we're going to close up with some watch list items and recommendations. Yes, and because this week it's Kayleen and I, Courtney, who are the ones who have seen The Intruder, and Kimmy has not, so she will have the whole movie spoiled right before her very ears. Yes. <laughs> We're yeah. not going to act it out for you. <laughs> I really wish you would. It's just ear-based. <laughs> we, we act out the entire movie and then the listeners hear nothing. <laughs> yeah, it's a mime show now. <laughs> I mean, I'm down if you guys are. Okay. Awesome. Um, so to kick it off, though, what did you guys watch this week? Oh, they both immediately looked to me. Hey. I do have a lot on my list, actually. Same. I think because of Memorial Day weekend, I got off early on Friday and then didn't have work Monday, so I... Just watched a whole bunch of crap. Mm -hmm. uh, not crap, good things, but crap. I watched The Intruder, obviously, with Courtney. I watched Ricky Bobby, which oh. I haven't seen in a very long time, and that movie cracks me up. I watched Wine Country to Fall Asleep to, and okay. I did indeed fall asleep. So you didn't to make because I did not make it through it. <laughs> um, I just like kept waking up, and it was one of those. I, I wasn't fully asleep. I don't think maybe at all. So I just no weird random things about the movie and I don't really remember any this of it terrible. at all. Huh. Yeah. So I didn't That's really kinda watch how, it. That's kind of how watching it <laughs> yeah, yeah. linearly felt. Um, I watched Iron Man 3 because I, I think maybe I had even started it last week, but um, I finished that. We kind of had a discussion about it already, but I definitely, I don't hate it. I, I really... I don't think I hate any Marvel movies except Guardians 2 <laughs> because I just they I like all the characters and I every movie I find things to like. So I know that this is one of the lesser liked in mm -hmm. the franchise, but and there were definitely problems with it, but I overall had a really good time watching it. Yeah. All three of us, since my recommendation of Dead to Me last week, all oh, three gosh. of us have finished Dead to Me. We did. It was amazing. Yeah. Oh. Was I'm pretty... so happy that we all finished it and could talk about it. Me too. Yeah. I was pretty proud of myself. I guessed the final episode ending while I was watching the third episode. She did. And yeah. Courtney had to play it cool. Yeah. You did. Yeah, I did play it very cool. Yeah. Instead, I got on you for, I gave her a snarky comment. <laughs> She's like, so I think that Linda's going to do this, and then Christina's going to do this, and then she guessed the whole plot, and then I looked at her, and I was like, refer to them by their character names, and walked away. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, oh shit, she's right. <laughs> yeah. Totally disregard. <laughs> uh, we also all watched Insidious the other day. We did. Yes, we did. And that was really fun. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I would like to watch the second one, too, whenever you, you guys You guys said you liked that, that one better than the first? I, I feel like I might, because there's more of a backstory, because you find yeah. out about the bride. 
trip. Okay. I guess, yeah, you just, like, we're never expecting to get more um, information mm-hmm. about these characters, and yeah. then you did, and you were like, wow, there's, like, a whole yeah. other story connected to these people, so mm-hmm. that was kind of cool. Just with the idea of all the, them living in, like, a house with all these different ghosts and stuff, I got yeah. very mad Haunting of Hill House vibes. Yeah. Where, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. I could see how they would want to expand that and make sequels and everything, yeah. just because that's a whole series we get with so much well, more meat to it. as we were watching it, I thought it was really funny that you were like, where are all these ghosts coming from? Like, do they all haunt the house? And that's not really it. It's like, they are opening a portal to this other realm mm-hmm. where ghosts are. And so I forgot it's not how like, many ghosts are yeah. actually in the It got house. way more Ghostbusters-y than I expected. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. 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 So they're just kind of like all waiting to get into our world or whatever, and it's not that they yeah. haunted the house, but I was like, uh, it is a little convoluted when they talk about it, so yeah. it's... Yeah. yeah, and the second one's fun because it it just touches a lot on things from the first one. You get to revisit stuff, which That's is cool. cool. Mm-hmm. But did you guys finish Paranormal Activity afterwards? Yes, we you did. You did? Wow. We watched Paranormal Activity, Courtney and I. Loved it. You love it. Yeah. yeah. How yeah. many times have you guys both seen it? Countless. Oh, yeah? <laughs> I've seen that one a lot. Oh. I've seen it probably, like, on one hand I could count. Oh, really? I think okay. I saw it in theaters probably three times. Oh, really? I had, like, a sleepover wow. when I watched it. <laughs> I would just watch it. And I rewatched it, I think, like, a year ago or something. I was talking to Courtney. I said, you know what? I kind of wish that this movie had, but I'm also glad that it doesn't. Mm-hmm. Stuff hiding in the background. I think oh. that would have been fun. I think it would have been fun, but I also... I think that's kind of like what gives the movie such a good structure, you know? Because I'm still looking, you yeah. know? Yeah. I'm still scared something else is going to pop out that I'm not looking Ready for. for. But yeah. that's not what they committed to, so yeah. you're okay with it. In, yeah. And that it's not a, what's in the corner instead. But that is, oh my gosh, that's one of the best parts. I would almost like to rewatch Hill House just so I can not focus right? on the main people and just look for background ghosts because... Mm-hmm. When you find them, it's crazy awesome. <laughs> yeah. And the characters are super realistic and likable. It, it I mean, not likable. They're like... not really likable. That's not really the word I well, wanted to I, use. See, I really like them. And then watching them with Kimmy, she kept pointing out are how they assholes? both of them were. She's like, all she does is nag him. All he does is ignore her. Mm, and it's, yeah. it's true, but I feel like... I feel like their fights are authentic. That's yeah. how, like, couples will fight. And I also just feel like a lot of it had to have been improvised because it's feel like so... It just flows so naturally. And, I mean, they use their real names, which is really interesting. I feel like I knew that. Yeah. 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 I, I just like that movie. It's good. Yeah. I was happy to watch it. Uh, the fun. first two were available on Amazon Prime. Did you watch both? I started the second one. <laughs> <laughs> and then I decided to do things with my life. Okay. Cool. Uh, so then my other two that are on movies I've watched were with both of you, so first one being John Wick with Courtney. Mm-hmm. Tell us about your feelings about John Wick first. Um, so, <laughs> poor Kayleen. <laughs> <laughs> I, I told Kayleen, I'll go see the third one with you. Let's watch the first two together. Kayleen was like, I'll buy the first rental on Amazon, you buy the second <laughs> rental, and we'll go see the third one. And after we watched the first one, I sent her a Venmo I for the like, first one. I was like, why did you send me $2? <laughs> and I was like, because I'm not going to watch the second one. It's she goes, bad? She goes, so you're just going to go see the third? And I was like, I'm not going to see the third. <laughs> it's not bad. I thought that it, 
the aesthetic was awesome. It, it's so colorful and comic booky. And she pointed um, out how like every scene has a new color, which was really dope. And I liked that a lot. It just there wasn't enough there for me to to want to watch him kill a thousand people again. Mm. He shot so many people. <laughs> Everyone in sight. If they were on the in the frame, he was like goodbye and shot them in the head. But he didn't kill the innocent. We don't know that. He didn't kill that blonde chick. He didn't kill the blonde chick. But like, if there was a man on screen, they're dead. <laughs> so I just really was not down for it. Um, and it, 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 yeah, it was a cool aesthetic and very. Very strong mm-hmm. action and stunts. Mm-hmm. Um, they're just. I, I heard the second one is even less talking. <laughs> so I don't know how I'm gonna do. That. So okay. I'm, I'm gonna pass. I'm excited yeah. about it. Be I. Liked it. I so Kimmy, you know about the dog, right? I don't, but I know that the dog died. Okay, yeah, that's that's what I mean. Okay. That's the whole. That's the entire <laughs> like, incident. That's all that we knew, and I said something to Dakota about it, and he was like. I didn't know that that's why he goes out and kills people. I was like, that's like, it's been a meme for years. It has been a meme. Uh, anyway, he, so his dog dying is like the inciting action at the end of the first one. He gets a new dog. And we were like, yay, he gets a dog. But then I'm like, what if the inciting action of the second one is that they kill his other dog? They might. They might. <laughs> so wait, what? He kills No, somebody. robbers break into his house and they kill his dog. At the beginning of the film? And that it's is It's a what, tiny, tiny, cute yeah. dog, Kimmy. It's what a kind little, of like, dog? I want to say a beagle, I think it's but like a, a baby beagle. Beagle? A tiny, tiny beagle. Why do they kill it? Because they're robbers. They rob. Oh my he, god. He literally was like, I'm not going to sell you my car. So they found out where he lived, stole his car, destroyed his house, and killed his dog. Are these good robbers? Are they like assassin robbers? They're, They're like, like assassin, assassin Russian mob guys. But little did they know that that was John Wick's house. Yeah. And then as soon as they tell like their father, who's like the mob boss, he's like, you killed John Wick's dog? John Wick? <laughs> you mean Baba Yaga? What is it? Baba Yaga. They call him Baba Yaga. And I talked to you guys about Baba Yaga when we did The Curse of La Llorona. And you just cut it from yeah. the podcast. That's a woman. Baba Yaga's a girl. And they were like... He's Baba Yaga. <laughs> it's just like a like a boogeyman, like, boogeyman, yeah, like yeah. a Russian lady boogeyman who's got like chicken feet and she's shaped like a house. Baba Yaga. <laughs> Baba Yaga. Baba Yaga. <laughs> so, anyways, we watched that. <laughs> yeah, I'm glad you liked it. Yeah, uh, and then we should all, or we could save it for last, but we need to talk about. Let's Motherfucking book smart. Yeah, let's go to Kimmy what okay. she watched this week and then we can. Oh, uh, everything talk about that it. I watched, I watched with you guys. So Really? I mean I guess, you know, Courtney, Not dead to me. We just all watched it separately. Yeah. <laughs> uh I watched some more Ozark. Corny and I watched the season finale of Killing Eve. Mm-hmm. Oh, already? And mm-hmm. Barry. And Barry. Oh, right. Both of those ended sadly. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah? Super good, though. Hmm. Super good finales. Are, Killing Eve, does that have two or three seasons? Only two so far. So they're two. both two. They're both at two, and mm. they both ran at the same time. And Interesting. They both had the same number of episodes? Did you like this finale better than the first season? Yes. Okay. Okay, because yes, I remember I you did. saying you, did, you liked the penultimate episode and didn't like the ending of season one. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But this ending was really good. And so cool. was Killing Eve. Killing Eve was an awesome ending. Super good. I'm really pissed. We're going to have to wait long to Same. see what happens. <laughs> yeah. But that so. show is awesome. Don't want to ruin it because you should definitely watch it. Okay. Please yeah. do. Okay. So moving on to my watch list. 
I watched so much. Oh my gosh. Did you really? <laughs> Courtney finally had free time. I clocked in nine movies. Wow. <laughs> um, the first being that I, I went home and finished it, but we all started in the car um, from our LA trip. Oh, Nick yeah. and Nora. Okay, so I guess we did watch, watch that. Yeah. We did watch Nick and Nora. Um, and that's it's a cute movie. Yeah. Yeah. Is. I really enjoyed watching that. Yeah, it was nice to to like hear all the, the jokes that I knew right. very well in high school yeah. and had since forgotten. Then I watched The Dawn Wall, which was on my list for a little while. Sounds familiar. It's like a companion film, in my opinion. They're not related, but it, it felt very uh, free solo, because it was a rock climbing oh, documentary. Isn't it about that guy, Tommy? And Tommy Caldwell is in free solo, and I had no idea this guy's experience. He's had a, a crazy experience, and he is one of the people who first climbed El Cap right. on a certain route. Granted, he did it with the ropes and everything, um, but mm. it took, I think it took, like, several weeks to do, because he would do it and fall off, and if he fell off, he would start again at the, the hold that he left off on, and so if he couldn't make it to the next hold, he'd have to start over, yeah. and he did it with, like, his best friend, and the two of them had to, they, they struggled really hard to, to get up it, and on top of that, though, he had a terrible, terrible, tragic backstory. Oh, really? Of, um, I don't want to spoil too much. Uh, we saw The Intruder. Kimmy, you and I both saw separately Brightburn. That's true, we did. Sorry, I totally forgot. Yeah, you That's did. That's okay that I forgot. It was not good. <laughs> it's forgettable. It they, was incredibly disappointing. I've been saying for, like, two podcasts that I've been waiting to see Brightburn. Yeah, you have. And I'm pissed. I let them ruin it for me because it didn't it seem was, to be Yeah, we had an off-air explanation. So bad. So bad. I think it just fell short. They they had a gimmick, but then it turned into a standard mm-hmm. My Child is Evil, i.e. the Omen sort of movie. Yeah. 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 Also, just the script was trash. Mm-hmm. I'm like, do you care about, like, developing anything? Like, this can <laughs> be really good. Uh, I, I went inside with my sister while she was in town, and we did enjoy the fact that some of the reactions to the scary stuff that happened... Uh, by characters was really authentic. Mm. You know, they're like basically they're just like, oh my god, what the fuck? Like shit, this, scary shit's happening, and that's like their dialogue. Oh, <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, basically, yeah. <laughs> they were telling me how everything had to be explained several times. Like, I cut myself. Did you just cut yourself? I think I cut myself. <laughs> like yeah. the spaceship, it cut me. The spaceship cut you. The spaceship cut him. <laughs> He's my son. He's my son. son. <laughs> He's my, my son, son, you guys. Um, we watched Insidious. We watched Burnham Activity. We watched John Wick. <laughs> Which now brings us to Booksmart. 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 Book what a gift that we movie We saw is. that last night, and I cannot praise it more. I'm bummed that it didn't do so well at the box office because Aladdin just came out, but I'm like, mm-hmm. go see it. <laughs> Yeah. Go see it. And that's Olivia Wilde's directorial debut. Like, way to go. Yeah. She did a great job. I mean, you yeah. have a lot of resources at your disposal, mm-hmm. um, but, like, it, I just thought it was great. Yeah. And I remember reading an article a little ways back of her. I think I told you this already. Um, but she said, I loved all those John Hughes movies growing up. Mm-hmm. I really wish there'd been a movie like Booksmart out there when I <laughs> was a kid. <laughs> Um, and so that's what I wanted to make. And I'm like, you did, you know? Yeah, she she did, and we're getting this wonderful resurgence of, like, all these female coming-of-age movies, like, 
Lady Bird, eighth grade, edge of 17, yeah. which is really awesome that we have that now, and Booksmart and just, like, is a nice top-off on that one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I love that it's like Lady Bird in that fact, too, that it's a female actress having her directorial debut doing something oh, yeah. like this. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes. And I just thought the movie was so nostalgic. I, I know I already, I know we kind of spoke a little bit about this already, but the scene where she jumps into the pool, mm-hmm. I was, like, transported back yeah. to my high school years. I was, like, totally, ima- just, like, it was, like, almost I could taste it. Like, the palpable nostalgia mm-hmm. from that scene. I was, like, it's just so, it's it's really cozy. Yeah. Oh, You know? Yeah. I, I will say, because I was mentioning this to Kimmy, that that pool scene and the eighth grade pool scene... Those are definite experiences I could relate to and pinpoint that I had that experience at a party of that it's like your first pool party either in high school or middle school and just Mm -hmm. what that's like. The eighth grade one? The eighth grade one I love just because that one's with the song plays and she has to step out into it and that's really, really. And she doesn't have any actual friends there. And she doesn't have any actual friends there. (laughs) And then with this one, it's, you know, Amy's definitely, she's she's a little inebriated. She doesn't really know her way and she's Mm -hmm. just kind of going out there. Um, but that's become such a huge trope to have an underwater coming-of-age girl scene like that. Like, I'm in a pool because I need to be in a pool right mm-hmm. now because all those movies I just listed had it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Edge of 17, oh, right, Lady Bird, right, right. Booksmart, 8th grade. And I, I, I like how those two did <laughs> yeah, it. Yeah, I like the Lady Bird one where she's like, I want to move to San Francisco. <laughs> Oh, right? Isn't that what she says? I think she says she wants to stay there. She, Does she, she say she wants to stay Lady there? Bird says, why don't you at least move to San Francisco? Oh, that's what it and is. And she goes, no, I don't like hills, and then goes underwater. <laughs> <laughs> and she just wants to stay in Sacramento, right. and she's like, I just want to have kids and stay here and not go anywhere. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like, I cannot relate. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I uh, loved Booksmark, though. I want to see it again. I did. Yeah. I, um, I think we briefly commented on this in the theater, maybe afterward, but... One of the moments where I was just really appreciative of the the feel of the director is when there's that dance sequence. Oh, so good. Oh, I yeah. was just so excited to watch that happen, and it was so perfectly placed, and just right. the fact that that was thought of, and I, I loved it. I love little artistic things like that. I do, too. That's just the stuff you got to really appreciate. Yeah. yeah. You know what else I appreciated about it? The language, you know? Mm-hmm. Yes. It's like, it's modern, it's kind yeah. of how people talk now, and I think they didn't quite get that in Flower, even though I really mm. liked Flower. I really liked Flower, I was too. like, these are adult women playing teenagers. Oh my gosh, there's a pool scene in that, too. Oh <laughs> god, there is a pool scene. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, adolescent girls just be in pools, man. <laughs> I they do, I guess they really do. That's where they go to think. in their underwear, yeah. not in a bathing suit. <laughs> but you guys remember how they talked? Yes, and I think that's that's just the Gen Zers, man. That's a hard language to, to capture and everything because you can't do it too over the top. Which is why eighth grade is so funny because they show that they did uh, ironically the video of the teacher saying it's gonna be lit, lit showing how yeah. out of touch the teachers are. Yep. So I thought this movie did it really well. Beanie Man, so good. Yeah. Oh, Billy was, Lord. Yeah. Billy Lord. <laughs> Billy Lord was the queen. We were so into that. I think I'm going to go get fake nails tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> you need a fur coat. I just want to click when I type. I'll be like, oh yeah, what'd you say? It click, was, click, click. <laughs> I loved getting to see her in a role like this where yeah. she gets to be showcased for her comedic side because she is hysterical yeah, yeah. and she, she does so much more than deadpan and 
Yeah. Um, she was a little... I was take it. It was so fun. She was the, a star. She yeah. was a star. And I told you guys this, but I think that our listeners should know if they don't already, but I guess they kept having her come back in the morning to shoot, and they kept writing new scenes for her to be in because she was just doing so Aww. amazing. I'm like, that's... Yeah. That's it's that. probably why she keeps popping up everywhere. She was only gonna. What if she was only gonna be at one party and they were like, "Gotta put her at all the parties." That's probably why. That's hilarious. <laughs> Good for her. Mm-hmm. I'm happy. <laughs> um, so I think that's it for watch lists. Yeah, from all of us. That was a long one. That's okay. Uh, moving on to our questions. Kaylee, yeah. would you like to ask the first question? Sure. So yeah, these are questions now related to the movie The Intruder that we came up with. So question number one is, what is a strange actor that was chosen for a villain role who did not pull it off? Mm-hmm. Cool. Alrighty, um, so Kayleen and I are going to go on three because we had a laugh that we just think we have the same one, and if we don't, it'll still be funny. <laughs> I said that I, I came up with one and decided, no, I want to do this other one, and I was really excited to share it, and then Courtney looks at me laughing, and she goes, oh, I thought of a good one, and just the way she was giggling, we looked at each other, and yeah. we're like, is it the same thing? <laughs> All right, so let's say blank, blank, in blank. Okay. Alrighty, so, on three. <laughs> Ready? Okay. One, two... Three. look we might even have to cut it so that you don't go <laughs> so we don't burst your eardrums but um yeah so Kayleen you can go first then. okay Kayleen so, Joes well okay so if I should I say my honorable mention I'm a, I feel like maybe one of you is gonna mention it so I'm just gonna say it okay honorable mention is uh Topher Grace as Venom that was Kimmy's damn that's mine <laughs> you can talk about it then okay. but that's I just he's iconically bad in that so yeah. I was like I can't not mention it you know what he's good as David Duke that, you know, and yeah. I, I was almost going to just generalize him because I love American Ultra, but I don't even really believe him as a villain in that. Mm. But I do believe him as David Duke. Probably because he's not... Overtly he's, villainous. He's Yeah, he's not, uh, I'm going to kill your entire family right. and I'm going to have all these superpowers. Instead, it's, I'm a white racist in the South it's, and I'm charismatic. It's and believably yeah. the leader of the KKK. Oh, He's yeah. believably evil. He's realistic, like a real, real evil. You yes. know, rather than like movie evil. What exactly, movie is yeah. that in? Black uh, Clansman. Oh, because yeah. Cummy's saying who David Dukes is because. That's fine. <laughs> I feel like that's something I should know historically. No, I mean, you don't. I, I don't, I, I don't fictional... think people are going to be upset that you don't know your KKK history. <laughs> <laughs> You're white, Kimmy. How do you not know the leader of the KKK? Uh, she's Jewish. <laughs> she's the Adam Driver of the movie. <laughs> okay. But my actual pick is Dakota Fanning in Twilight because I, okay, Dakota Fanning as a child, I think everyone can agree, was a prodigy. She was oh, yes. a, a legit prodigy. Mm-hmm. Everything she did was gold, and I don't know how that little girl was able to do that. She had, like, an understanding of the craft that a lot of adults don't have. Yeah, and she worked with the biggest stars yes, of her time. such mm-hmm. big stars. Yeah. And 
it seems like when she grew up, she just forgot, or I guess only knew how to play kid roles, and now she does adult roles. Yeah. I haven't seen her in anything great lately, so maybe there's something that I'm missing that she did that was great, but Twilight wasn't one of them. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, That was just also way too early on in her career. Maybe if she was doing something like that now, I could buy it a little more, but she was still very young Mm -hmm. and coming right out of being a child star. Mm -hmm. So for her to be a villain who is, you know, a murderous villain with no empathy or mercy, and the fact that her power is, I'm just gonna stare at you, and then (laughs) you're gonna feel some pain... And she was still only 16 to be doing that. Like, that's not even an adult role for you yet. You're a child. So, just really don't buy it. And I still, you know, you guys know I'm not a Twilight hater, but she just doesn't do do it for me. I mean, mostly Volturi doesn't do it for me. Yeah, that's true. (laughs) Yeah. I like Martin Sheen. (laughs) Right, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Okay. Do you want to go in because she had your honorable mention? Sure. My honorable mention is slightly connected to yours, Courtney. My honorable mention is... Jared Leto as the Joker in Ooh, Suicide right. Squad, yeah. yep. which arguably, I think, under different circumstances, different direction, different preparation, preparation from the actor, or, yeah. or ideas and style of how this version of the Joker was going to be, he probably could have done a very good job. And mm-hmm. I think that's really unfortunate because I think that it could have gone really swimmingly. Yeah. And it just, and, like, was so bad. And you know what? It's... It's the difference between the three of us being supportive of seeing a new Joker in Joaquin Phoenix, even though Heath Ledger is everyone's ride-or-die Joker. It doesn't mean there isn't room for another good adaptation. Absolutely. But just the way that Jared Leto approached it, I don't the think The degree of not understanding what acting is is no. Yeah, I think if they just did such a swerve because they were afraid of a copy and they didn't want people to kill it that way, right. that... I, Creativity just, just kind of went out the window. Why don't we give him a pleather da- jacket? You know, why don't we shave off his eyebrows? Why don't we give him some stupid-ass tattoos all over his face yeah. and, and see how that goes? And also, like, cut most of his work, you know, so that we can... Have... I think they had a PR nightmare with that. If yeah. they had to cut mm-hmm. his stuff, because yeah. it was, you know... But I really do like Jared Leto as an actor, and I think that they probably should have gone with something really understated. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's what he's good at, is the yeah. drama. Yeah. He's not good. Yeah, what was that? What was that? You guys, <laughs> the what amount of was things that? that he's done that's just the subtlety mm-hmm. or the slice of life or the drama, yeah. and then he comes in and tries... He can be such tries, a real guy. Like Blade Runner. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, that's a villain right there that's not, what are you doing? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Why yeah. are you mailing dead rats to people? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Moving on. My answer is Topher Grace yeah. as Venom in Spider-Man 3. Don't really have much to say about it. It was a bad choice. He shouldn't have done it. Mm-hmm. It was really terrible. It's just Eric from that 70s show isn't Venom, <laughs> that's all. No. And I get it. They want to do like, oh, the shrimpy guy who yeah. never can catch a break is now going to be, you know, vengeful and have mm-hmm. the power to claim what he thinks is rightfully his and stuff. And it's just like, I don't know, there's like a lot of other actors you could have choose that yeah. could have portrayed a better version of that. And so it was like, just like, get him out of here, you guys. I feel like they just tried to cast the most Tobey Maguire person they could find. That's, That's a true. good point. Yeah. That is a good point. That movie also had like three villains, though. So it did. That's what Sandman it was. in it, too. Who yeah. was the other one? There was another one. There was another one. It was Sandman. Maybe uh, it was just... 
Sandman Peter grappling with his powers and then Venom, <laughs> but that's that's two villains too many. Yeah. yeah. My choice is Cara Delevingne in yeah. Suicide Squad. Hysterical. <laughs> she, she just wiggles and that's it. I can't believe that that was a choice to just wiggle. Go out there and wiggle and we'll CGI some things around your hula hoop hips and then that's what we'll do. Mm-hmm. Wear this ridiculous headdress and a bikini. You're a villain. You did it, honey. Um, you did it, honey. What about her struck them as I can be scary? I mean, she has she's a really harsh intense features. look, you know. Yeah, but she's because not she an actor. <laughs> exactly, she's not a, uh, an actor, and she's really not. And I'm not. I'm not trying to like bash on Cara Delevingne or anything like that. But Paper Towns is trash. I was gonna yes. say I haven't seen Paper Towns, but I remember you saying that it wasn't good. trash. Yes, <laughs> but it trash. also I don't think it was just writing off of the Fault in Our Stars wave. That's the yeah, only reason yeah, it was yeah. made. It was made with the supporting actor from The Fall of Our Stars yeah. as the lead. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I don't like that John Green book, but yeah, she she definitely had this small wave of um, of movies that mm-hmm. she was getting in on. And Suicide Squad, so many faults, and I found her casting in that role to be a big one. Just rest yeah. in peace to that movie, you guys. Rest in peace hard. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, okay. Well, that wraps that question. Um, next question is, what is your favorite... Either B-movie thriller, not about bees, um, or... <laughs> Only to do with bees. Or popcorn thriller. Yeah. Um, so not just, much substance. Yeah, but you like it, and yeah. maybe it's flown under the radar, so pretty much this is not a thriller that has garnered the hearts and minds of America or yeah. the Oscars. It's just, <laughs> it's just for you. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so I had a struggle because I like both of these, but I don't... Okay, I'm just going to go for it. So my honorable (laughs) mention, I'm putting it as an honorable mention because I do think it is regarded well. I don't think it's a classic, but I think it's regarded well. I mean, well enough to get a remake, so that's pretty good, I guess. I love the original Hitcher. Oh, I love the Hitcher. Oh, I knew you were going to pick that one. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Oh, you're picking the original Hitcher? Of course. Oh, I like the the 2008 Hitcher. (laughs) I love the original Hitcher. Um, It is just pure thriller. There really is, like, very little story. He's taken a car to San Diego and picks up a hitchhiker and then realizes he's scary and kicks him out. And then this hitchhiker is like... I'm going to get you for that. <laughs> and that's the whole movie. Yeah. Um, and it's awesome. It's really fun. And I really like that one. But I, I like it too much to make it my actual pick. So my actual pick, I'm going with Prom Night, starring mm. Brittany Ugh. Snow. Yeah. Brittany yeah. Snow. <laughs> uh, that was really like the first scary movie like that that I watched. I saw it in theaters with my friends and... It, you know, it was also... How old were we then? I want to say... I think it was like grade? a... Two, that, uh, want to say 2008? Something Maybe 2007. Like so, you know, not super young. I was like just at the... I was getting old enough where I definitely could have been watching movies like that already. But I finally went out with all my friends and saw one. And at the time I was like, wow, the scariest thing ever. And it's really not. But it, I find it so fun. Is and Wes Bentley the villain? He's not. Oh, he's not. The guy who's the villain is actually married to Jana Kramer, who, well, at one point was married to Jana Kramer. Is Jana Kramer Alex from One Tree Hill? Yes, she is. (laughs) They were married at one point. Okay. Very interesting. I guess I don't know who the villain is. Um, I remember a baseball cap. Yep. He he does kind of look like Wes Bentley. Yeah. Um, I know Kellen Lutz from Twilight is in it. Oh. And Jillian and I, our junior year, 
didn't go to prom and we watched that on prom night. Oh, <laughs> yeah. We have a lot of inside jokes from it. <laughs> yeah. It's a funny one. Mm-hmm. It's good. I, I can remember having inside jokes with my friends about right? that movie. Yeah. So, for mine, I expected that my choice should have probably been in the vein of this honorable mention, but I ultimately didn't go this way. But this honorable mention is Obsessed. I don't know if anybody oh. knows what that is. But it's <laughs> we'll a get to it. B-list, <laughs> it's a B-list thriller yeah, um, starring Idris Elba, Beyonce, and Ali Larder. Yep. yep. And Wait, is that yours? No. no. Okay. We'll get there. <laughs> um, it's, um... I've seen it one time, really don't remember that much about it. I do remember, and I swear it's like, you know, burned in my brain. I will never forget it. This part where Beyonce and Ali Larder are fighting, and she throws Ali Larder on the ground, and she drags her by the leg across her wood panel flooring, and she goes, I'm going to wipe my floors with your skinny ass. <laughs> <laughs> like, it is, like, ingrained in my brain forever, like, the exact, like, intonation and everything. I want you, every time you mop now, to, or Swiffer, to say, I'm going to wipe the floors with your skinny ass. Our Swiffer is now named Allie Larder. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but the ones that I went with instead were, um, this other honorable mention, Hide and Seek. Oh, with yeah. With Dakota Fanning. Dakota yeah. Fanning. And I can't remember for the life of me what Robert, the Robert De Niro. Uh, no. Yeah. Yes. He's Are the main guy. Are you serious? Yeah. It's Robert De Niro? Yeah. Gosh. You know, that goes to show how much I know about this movie. Uh, <laughs> you remember the twist? It was, yeah, I do remember the twist. I didn't see it, but my cousin told me the twist. <laughs> It was, like, one of the very first scarier movies that I ever watched. Yeah. Like, s- immediately after watching that movie, watched Secret Window with Johnny Depp, which is essentially oh, I like the exact that. same oh, movie. One. Yeah. It's, it's basically it is, yeah. the exact same movie. Yeah. Without a little girl. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> with a wife instead. Yeah. Um, but my main answer is The Uninvited. And that's with, with... Emily Browning. Yeah. I haven't seen The Uninvited. That's also got the same twist. Yeah, it's the same twist. <laughs> <laughs> it's the same. So I guess our B-movies are going with a thriller. That's really funny. <laughs> you know? If you're watching a not good thriller, guess what the twist is. Yeah. Ugh. I watched all these movies like around the same time like growing up, so they kind of like feel the same to me, mm-hmm. not to mention the fact that they're basically all the same. Those are all the same movies. <laughs> the House of the End of the Street kind of has twists like that. Yeah. <laughs> But uh, I love Emily Browning. I, I think that everything that she does, she does well. She deserves more, I think. Agreed. That's nice of you to say. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'll let her know. In my wildest <laughs> dreams, I low-key wish that she would have been cast in Fifty Shades of Grey. Ooh. Oh. I think she would have done really well. And maybe the movie would have been better. Interesting. I don't think the movie would have been better. <laughs> there's no saving that movie. I guess not. But she would have no been good. <laughs> I don't have any honorable mentions, um, but I did pick a movie that I love. I, v- I really like this movie. Um, Red Eye mm-hmm. with Rachel McAdams. And does that gonna... have the same twist as all the other It does not. No, it doesn't. No, but I mean, the, the, the twist is very... There's no twist. It's just... Um, it's one of those classic, like, woman trapped in something with, like, a, a man who's, like... Um, got an, an agenda or a terrorist thing and she's it's very much like speed mm. uh or other sandra bullock movies <laughs> <laughs> um and so you know it's it's a woman who is on a red-eye flight and the man she's sitting next to killian murphy um thank you lord for killian murphy i wish his name was pronounced Cillian. 
Yes. I like that better. Uh, yeah, he's gorgeous, and so obviously it would be easy to fall into those eyes. And <laughs> the red ones. Because <laughs> it's a red-eye fight. And she's this hotel manager, and he ends up knowing everything about her, but she thinks that he's just, you know. Why are you laughing? You know, why do you mean that joke was so bad? <laughs> <laughs> that's that's, that's what she does. Eyes, the red ones, like... We glossed over it. I think that joke needs more recognition. No, she (laughs) says enough things like that. (laughs) That's how they go. You just hear them when you listen to the podcast. I can't pay attention to all of them. (laughs) There's too many. (laughs) She knows she's funny. I don't need to laugh at it. Sorry. Uh, My friends are nice. I, I hope you don't mean that sarcastically. No, I do no, find I mean you funny. It, no, I mean it in a positive way. <laughs> Yesterday, we were at the movies when we saw Booksmart, and the freaking commercial for that movie, Crawl, came on. <laughs> and Courtney made some funny joke about crocodiles, and I was like, I believe you mean crocodiles. And she was like, Stop stealing my thunder. <laughs> and I was like, Mom. Yeah, I did have a funny joke. <laughs> It's not that funny, but I said the movie should be called Gator Time. <laughs> like, if you're going to go all out and make a, a B-thriller about crocodiles, call it Crocodile Time. <laughs> oh, you said it should be called Crocodile Dundee. That's what Oh, it I was. said Crocodile Dundee. Or, or Gator Time. Yeah. Crocodile Dundee. Is, that was a funny joke. <laughs> More like Crocodile, and I was like, damn you. <laughs> But it made me smile. <laughs> Anyways, I like red eye. It's good. Mm-hmm. And I love psycho thrillers. Me too. Good. Okay, so speaking awesome. of psycho and thriller. <laughs> speaking of obsessed. Speaking of obsessed. Um, I guess you could say I'm obsessed with Lakeview Terrace. <laughs> I hope no one intrudes on that house. I'm also obsessed with white men writing stories for black couples. Oh, man. So bizarre. So bizarre. That doesn't sound good. <laughs> get ready. Before we get into that, Kimmy, when was the last time you saw a trailer for The Intruder? I've never seen an, a trailer oh. for The Intruder. We can watch one right now. Live watch All one. Alright. Uh, I'll pause it. Okay. Okay, so I literally just watched the trailer. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for that, I guess. Yes. So, what are my predictions? Yeah. What do you think this movie's about? Uh, well... Uh... <laughs> I just, like, have, like, a lot of issues with what it seems to look like, like, from just the trailer. First of all, kind of feeling that Dennis Quaid is not the best choice. That's why we have that question. (laughs) Yeah. I really feel like Clint Eastwood probably would have been better. He's too old. (laughs) But they're, they're like, talking to him like he's so old and kind of senile Mm -hmm. and, like, and he's like not that old. But like, if Clint Eastwood tried to attack me, I feel like I could like break all his bones really easily. So maybe a comfortable middle between the two of those, like a John Lithgow. Ooh, oh. yeah, oh, Courtney, what a good casting. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry, maybe I should remake this movie. <laughs> uh, also, they show a picture of him with his family at the beginning of the trailer. Yep, and there's I, a boy and the gr- boy and a girl in the picture, right? Two kids, yeah, right. and a girl and a wife. And they look like photoshopped into the photo. Okay. Mm-hmm. So I had to pause it a couple times because I noticed that right away. Oh, fun. Also, okay, so like I guess just straight predictions. Yeah. Dennis Quaid lives in the house still. Okay. He The floorboards, he's like in the house. He has like secret rooms like in the house and shit. Okay. Getting a little really outlandish here. 
Maybe Dennis Quaid sneaks into the wife's bedroom and pretends to be the husband. Oh, shit. They end up having sex on accident. So She's Ameri- quiet. <laughs> Some American horror story shit could happen. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> Your wrinkly old balls. <laughs> um, I think that the wife is going to dismiss the husband for way too long. Uh-huh. And... <laughs> And you're just jealous, you know, that an older man is checking me out, honey, <laughs> or something. Um, and I can love you, can that. Can you give us a scene right now and have no, a guess? I don't think <laughs> yeah. that would be appropriate. <laughs> I really like that uh, guy actor. I don't see him in a lot of Michael stuff. Michael Ely? He's really attractive. Yeah. And then they put glasses on him to be like, look, he's attractive and Oh, I was going to say, I find that cuter. I was like, oh, you can wear those he glasses. He has hipster glasses? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, oh you guys. Maybe his wife is barren, and then she gets pregnant on accident. Oh gosh! By Dennis Quaid and oh, oh my fuck. god! <laughs> Kaylee, it took you too long to realize where she was going. That's so dark. Wouldn't that be horrible? It, I guess would, be, it would be. It would be an American horror story. <laughs> Sorry, she wouldn't be barren. The husband wouldn't have strong swimmers mm. or something like that. Get into some fussy. I was just <laughs> gonna say. Uh, and spoilers for a real life story. <laughs> I think they're obviously, I don't know, you know, I don't think I'm going to like this movie, guys. <laughs> I don't think so. No. Should I say something else? Yeah. I think they're going to burn the house down at the end. Ooh. Burn it down. Oh, also, Dennis Quaid is a hunter. Of course he is. Of course he fucking is, you know? Right. He's fucking stripping animal carcasses in the back. Like, of course. Mm-hmm. A white man definitely wrote this film. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Great. Yeah, and we'll just get right into that, because I know Mm -hmm. Kayleen has some thoughts on... So this script was written by someone named David Lowry. Pretty sure it's a white man. A white man wrote this movie, and a black man directed this movie, and that just bugs me for the reason that this female protagonist that we have really feels like men made her. Oh, yeah. (laughs) And, um... It's hysterical. we'll We'll get more into that, but I think... So the reason I actually looked up who wrote this movie originally was because, uh, and we'll get to this later, but if I forget it, I'll say it now. There's a point in this movie where Dennis Quaid says jeepers, and I was like, wow, that's hysterical. And his filmography is kind of exclusively about black couples being terrorized by a white person. Guess who wrote the main one is. Is it Obsessed? Yes. (laughs) You guys, you guys! Yes. What? Oh, it's... Wow. But it, it, it it's just strange that, I don't know, I wonder how he, how he picks the projects, how he gets yeah. connected with everyone. It's an interesting niche to have for yourself yeah, as a white weird. man. As a white man, indeed. Yeah. Um, Speaking for other races. Very weird. But yeah. That's, that's all he does. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So there's that. Let's go to the actual movie. Yeah. So would you like to start us off? Would you like sure. to start us off? The movie begins... Is this the Fast and the Furious? <laughs> there is loud music and a car zooming very fast with close-up shots of the car zooming very fast. And I look at Kayleen and I was like, are we in the right theater? And then the car like zooms by across the screen, leaving like a like a slanted title card that's like metallic-y silver and it's like, the intruder. And I was like, what? Is this the Fast and the Furious? 
what is the vibe of this movie? Right? That's how it starts. It's actually and then, car racing. And then we get a scene that, that completely diverts from that. Yeah. Yeah. So that's not what this movie is like. Mm-hmm. But that was a weird start. Okay. Yeah. I, I think David Lowry is a fan of Fast and the Furious. <laughs> <laughs> He's a fan of Is men somebody a car stuff. racer? No. <laughs> that's what? just how we like to start movies here. <laughs> Are you serious? Yeah. It was just like a, a car driving yeah. really fast. Kimmy, and we just it. start movies like that, okay? It's normal. Loud music, fast cars. Wait, is the is it a regular car or is it a race it's car? Like a nice it's a car. nice car. It's like a sports car. Yeah. Oh, okay. It's <laughs> nighttime. We're in San Francisco. He's driving fast down the city streets. Yeah. It was weird. Okay. Um, and then, you know, in the car, his best friend is like, we have to get there by 8 o'clock for your surprise party. Oh. Oh, I ruined the surprise. <gasps> but like sincerely, like this was just yeah. this was how it was written. <laughs> what a douchey He's like douchey friend. I'll act surprised. So we get to this uh surprise party mm. for Scott from his wife, Annie, and there's they're just this young, sexy, very, very they're rich. They're such an attractive couple. Yes. Very rich millennial couple. You know, they're that millennial age range. So tell me, after having this rooftop party with a fire pit and cocktails on a penthouse rooftop apartment in San Francisco, they then have a conversation of, I just want to go move to the country. I just want a family in Napa. (laughs) I found it very, very weird. And so, okay, so I want to talk about this next part because this isn't a fun fact, but I was trying to do some research to get some fun facts up in here. And... Courtney, Kimmy, and I always make jokes about how vague movies are when it comes to business and jobs. Oh, so fun. And yeah. this one is maybe the vaguest oh, vague thing really? I've ever seen. He and got here's his, uh, job at the job store? Literally. Yeah. Here's, here's why. He comes in and everyone says surprise and he goes, how'd you know I was going to close the deal? And she's like, you know, I just, I just believed in you, blah, blah, blah. And he goes... I'm the number one earner now, baby. <laughs> so we know that he has a good job and yeah. makes a lot of money. But what was funnier to me, when I was watching, I watched a few interviews, and Michael Ely was talking about his character. And when he was asked about his character, this is what he said. I'm a Silicon Valley tech guy who just got a promotion. And I was like, do you even know what you do? What's hysterical is he was working in San Francisco. That's not what Silicon Valley is. True, true. Those are different job That's markets true. entirely. Oh, San Francisco is all corporate business. Silicon uh, Valley is startups and ingenuity. Yeah. He has no idea what he's saying. I'm like, did you do any character work? No. Nope. Uh, he was like, I'm just going to scream a few her times. Her job is hysterical. Should we tap on that now? Yeah, why not? Oh, her job is so funny. <laughs> <laughs> so it's 2019. So what's her job, Kimmy? Yeah, it's 2019. Yeah. yeah. Does she make like pressed juice or something? Oh, that's funny. <laughs> I would say like Etsy store is, is better. But instead, um, you know, it's it's further down in the movie. But we'll mention it now. She's gazing off into the distance, and Charlie Dennis Quaid is like, "What do you do, Annie?" And she goes, "Oh, well, I mostly do a lot of." Feminist writing for magazines, articles, BuzzFeed, you know, social justice, yoga, um, yoga, self care, self care, women's rights, a philanthropy mostly. And I was like, that's not a job. <laughs> that is not a job. You can't just do all of those things. Is she a freelance writer? She is. I guess. We never once see her doing that. Yeah. 
we don't know if she has a degree in women's studies. We, she just, no. that's just what women do now. That's what they do, yeah. Yeah. You didn't know? She's representing all of us in this film, you Yes. Guys. He's the big earner who brings home the bacon, and she just, I just, I just connect she with others. She champions women's rights. I champion women's rights. Generally. <laughs> yeah. She also saves baby dolphins. <laughs> She's also an Instagram influencer. She also yeah. donates to kids. <laughs> Kids shelters because she can't have children of her own. She's not married. (laughs) (laughs) So anyways, ridiculous that this couple would want to move to Napa. To wine country. Yeah. I mean, when they said that in the trailer, I was like, there's not really much in Napa, but I mean, the the house in the trailer looks really gorgeous. Mm -hmm. And I was like, oh, so they have like Sonoma Stay over there and stuff. It's just wine country. It's just really, there's not a lot of, it's not the city. (laughs) Exactly, yeah. so he's going to commute all the way there. Which is like mm, two hours. It's a long time, um, especially if you're the top earner. Like, are they going to be pleased that you moved two hours away yeah. um, mm-hmm. when you were living right there in the city? Are in you your using a apartment? company car and charging the company your gas <laughs> You're driving mileage? too fast in that company car, Scott. <laughs> it's a liability. Is it a mobile business? I guess not, since he has to commute. No, yeah, we see him mobile. in the we see him in the office. Mm-hmm. Eventually, we see like a commercial he's editing about water bottles. Vague, vague, vague. We don't yeah. know if it's advertising. Yeah, moving forward. Yes. So they say, you know, we should get a house in Napa now because we have all this money. Instantly cut to them looking for houses in Napa. The first one they look at is Dennis Quaid's house. Apparently, Dennis Quaid is just the poster child for Napa. Oh, yes. And he knows everything there is to know about Napa. Because this, because the parent trap, and again, from interviews I watched, I just thought this was hysterical. That's right. Oh, my gosh. He does have a vineyard in Napa. Yeah. yeah. In he, the- he, I think I think he <laughs> took on this role trap. because he was like, I could just walk down the street. <laughs> right. Do you just want to shoot in my house? I miss the days. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and Annie, as Courtney pointed out, is one of the daughter's names. That's true. In the parent trap. I know. Um, Especially when we hear him say it. He yeah, can't live gross. it down, you guys. Right? Yeah. Um, but this was just hysterical. Was peak. Shouldn't have done all those dog movies. <laughs> <laughs> um, credit to some anchor at the Chicago Channel 9 News. They were talking to Dennis Quaid about how this is, you know, again, in Napa, much like the parent trap, and this anchor is like, if you think about it, this is also a just a different type of parent trap. And I was like, Ma! <laughs> That's a good, good news one. anchor. Right? Uh, that person deserves a raise. Yeah. That, that person good. was Kayleen. <laughs> um, so the, Annie and Scott are, are looking at, um, you know, the backyard. No one is there to show them the house yet. They've made their way to look at things on their own. These characters say everything they're thinking. There's yeah. so much exposition. Um, and then all of a sudden Dennis Quaid, pardon me, is going to shoot a deer inches from their face. (laughs) Oh, so you do. They're just, they're standing there and they're looking at this deer and it's like, what a pretty deer. Dead deer. (laughs) Yeah. It's right next to them. Blood could have gone all over them. That's how you greet people. He shoots a deer right in front of their faces. I imagine he knew they were coming. Of course. (laughs) So. So not only is he expecting guests, but he's toting a gun. (laughs) Yeah. So that happens, and he approaches them, and he laughs really weird, and he's already super weird. And I look to Courtney, I'm like, I'm so ready to watch him be a villain. Um, His name is Charlie. We find out that his wife died of cancer while they lived in this house. 
when they go inside and he's showing them around, we see a photo of him with his wife and a son and a daughter, presumably. He doesn't actually mention the people in the photo. We just see it on the mantle. And then he's showing them around more of the house. He talks about how the name of the ranch, or whatever, the land, the land. is called Foxglove. And he says that's named after this beautiful poisonous flower that sometimes grows on the property. Is that foreshadowing, I sense? Uh, we will see. The metaphor is strong. This <laughs> flower and my home are beautiful. They both want to kill you. <laughs> <laughs> Just like me. Yeah. Then, yeah, that's when she talks about her job. Charlie says this is the only house that he's ever lived in. We already see him being creepy. Like, the first time he meets Annie, he shakes her hand and, like, holds on too long. It gets it gets progressively from that to shoulder touching to, like, yeah. lower back cradling to... Mm, yeah. Uh, Especially throughout the movie, it's like, he touches her face at one he point. He does. Like, you don't know her. She's got, like, a necklace, and he's like, oh, we have the same birthstone. Crazy! Yeah. It's like, wow. <laughs> one out of twelve. One out of twelve. <laughs> yeah. And then just this part cracked me up, both Courtney and I in the theater, when they're looking at we one of the rooms. Yeah. <laughs> they're looking at one of the rooms, and nothing scary, it's it's clear that they're setting up, like, nothing scary's gonna happen yet. No. And there's this jump scare noise as her husband comes up and puts his hand on her back, and she goes, "Oh, you scared me!" And it's like you he was in what? the room with her. <laughs> it's like if right now Kimmy, you touched me on the leg, and I went, oh, "You scared me!" Like yeah. I didn't know you were right there. Especially because couples do that. Yeah, couples do that. He just walked up and like put his arms, and she's like, "Oh." This couple doesn't touch. And it wasn't like, <laughs> it wasn't like she was wandering in a room by herself and then didn't hear him come in. They were looking They've at the same They've been together this whole room. time. Ridiculous. Yeah. <laughs> um, along this tour of the house, there's this room with this really giant tapestry, like huge, taking up the whole wall, and it's ugly. <laughs> and Charlie's like... I'll even throw this one in. You can have the tapestry. And Isn't it beautiful? Scott's, like, thanks, but no thanks. Scott's looking at it. I think there might be some, like, just imagery of, like, dying on it. Or, oh, it like, was kind of scary. It's like, you know, like a war scene Is it, like, thing. medieval or something? Kind of. It felt more like, like, if there was reds, it felt maybe kind of like Christian imagery mm-hmm. of, like, you know, blood. Dante's Inferno. Yeah. And, uh... <laughs> So we get we get that, and then we get um, the linen closet. Here's that, and then here's this bedroom. And she's like, "This would make a lovely nursery." Oh yeah. And now we're outside. When they go outside, he says, "You know, I'm asking for three point five million for the house." He immediately, before letting the husband think about it at all, because, you know, the women don't get to be a part of this conversation. They kind of shoot her into the car. Oh, uh, literally. He said, go wait in the car. Did yeah. <laughs> he really say go wait in the car? I think it was after this comment, but he, he makes her wait in the car. Uh, <laughs> Charlie says, if you're not willing to spend $3.5 you shouldn't even be looking in this area. And then I think that's when he's like, honey, let the men talk. <laughs> she yeah. goes and waits in the car. Ugh. And it's just... What millennial has that kind of money from your job factory job? <laughs> million. Well, he's the number the one earner. The biggest earner. <laughs> so ridiculous. Uh, and then <clears throat> he's basically they kind of have a back and forth, and he's like, "No, not doing it." He gets in the car. They're gonna leave. Charlie comes running up to the car, even though 
nothing has happened and they don't know each other. He's like, I just I really like you guys. And you know what? I'll knock it down to 3.2 and you can keep everything that's in the house. Everything. Don't you want that to keep all my shitty old stuff that's not yours? I'll make a lower price for you. Yeah, not even that much lower. Not even that much lower. Not even that much lower. If if you're worried about $300,000, you should definitely be worried about 3.5. Yeah, I thought you were going to say like 1.5. When he said, I'll let you keep everything in the house and then was about to say the price, I thought he was going to say like 2.5. Right. Knock off a lot. (laughs) Knock off a lot. But he's like, Oh, I can actually afford it. Plus, if he's going to leave all his stupid stuff in their house, they have to pay to remove it all. Exactly. So stupid. They drive away, and as they're driving away, Charlie is skinning a deer. <laughs> There's these shots of, like, them in the car talking about, like, I don't know, baby. Baby, I love <laughs> baby. this house so much. Baby, I know. Baby, I want this house so we can make babies. Scott. Annie. Scott. Scott. And then Charlie is skinning a deer. Yeah. Um, and just normal. And, and they... <laughs> Symbolism. What's funny about it, too, is that, like, if you're a deer hunter and you go out and you kill deer and, you know, that's that's what you do is yes. you skin them and you prepare them for whatever you're going to do with them and they play the scariest music and they, yeah. have the scariest shots. Like, he's this evil guy. Making it look so sinister and it's like, that's, that's how you slice open a deer. <laughs> You kind of have to do that. What do you want from him? They have a phone call where they agree to take the house. There's a hysterical line of, can we move in tomorrow? (laughs) Smash cut to a moving truck. And oh my god. <laughs> yeah. This movie doesn't breathe. It doesn't <laughs> breathe. And also we we needed to know that it was the next day. Like they needed to let us know. Yeah. Like we can't figure it out that What did you say? I can't believe that. I can't believe you, you let us move yesterday. in so fast. <laughs> yeah. It's as if they cut to the moving trucks that we would have been like, is this the same day? I'm confused. <laughs> right? Oh, is they bought this house? It's Charlie's house that they're moving into? Charlie, thanks for letting us buy your house. <laughs> they have a conversation where she says, I'll take good care of your house, Charlie. Cross my heart. And he tears up and says, my wife used to say that. (laughs) (laughs) And I thought that would be like a motif that comes back. It doesn't. It's also a very common expression. It's a very common thing. And she she even like, Hamily did it with the gesture of crossing her heart. And he says, goodbye. I'm off to Florida with my empty car. There's nothing inside of it because I gave you all my shit. He has (laughs) one little box of stuff. He's like, this is all I need for my move across the country. Yeah. Also, like, his pictures of his family are in there? <laughs> Presumably, yes. <laughs> Presumably, yes. I'm sure he took the one really photoshopped photo with him. Um, and he says, you know, he's going to go live with his daughter in Florida. There's also this weird, right before he leaves, leaves, you know, when he's like, it's yours now. There's a scene where he's inside, and we hear these weird... Like children's laughter sounds. Really? That seem like maybe he's imagining them in his head. Yeah, I wrote that down because I don't think I would have remembered that otherwise. But I do it not. definitely happened. The I movie is you. trying to make us scared. Now it is sexy time with some bad music straight out of the room. It is straight <laughs> up like from 2002, crazy R&B. She's like. What song is it? I don't know. <laughs> but they're gonna have sex on the kitchen counter. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> I hope it's birthday sex. <laughs> I wish it was one wish by Or I'm going to put you to bed. That's on. 
Um, so then we have, you know, it's a nice housewarming party. So we have some friends coming over. It's that guy from the opening scene, Mike, mm-hmm. and his presumably wife, Rachel, or just girlfriend. I don't know. Mike is a white dude. He, you will see, is very much a white dude. Uh, I also think it's funny that they had all these friends at, at Scott's congratulatory party, and then Rachel and Mike are the only ones who are willing to drive to Napa for them. Right? Yeah, yeah they come back frequently for visits. Come, come to well, our beautiful, huge house, and they do spend the night there, too. It's like, we, well, you can spend the night, and yeah, those are their only loyal friends. Well, in all of their friends' defense... They just had a party, <laughs> and now they're moving two and a half hour drive away. Yeah, stop being needy. They Scotty. literally just had a party, party ten minutes ago. Yeah, <laughs> I get it, Kimmy. <laughs> yeah, so the friends are there. They're having a conversation wherein they're they're joking about Charlie and about how creepy he was. That like he like mm-hmm. shot a deer in front of them. They're making fun of him. Scott's making fun of him, and he's like, and he's too nice. Oh, sh- he's a nice old man. It's fine. Mm-hmm. Mike thinks it's a riot. Mike is kind of like the character from Game Night played by what's his uh, face? Billy Magnuson. I was literally just about really? to say that. He's the yeah. exact same guy. He's wow. just like that from like Ingrid Goes West too. I really wish I was watching Billy Magnuson. That <laughs> <laughs> would have been a good choice. Because this guy's just like a lesser version of him. Yeah. And so he goes and they're, I think they're all like on a, out on the terrace or something. Yeah. And instead of being a grown up and going to pee in one of their like 11 bathrooms in their mansion, yeah. he pees all over their rose bushes. And lights a cigarette. Even though these people, like, these are, like, 30-year-olds. Yes. You can't walk in the house to use the bathroom. And it's not a raging kegger where they're blackout yeah. drunk. He mm. just likes to pee on roses. <laughs> so he's a super classy guy. He's, he's a so classy. He smokes a cigarette and puts the cigarette out just, like, on the ground. Litter bugging. Yeah. On the grass. It could catch fire. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So then the next morning, they wake up, they're saying goodbye to their friends, bye Mike and Rachel, Mike opens the door to his nice, douchey sports car, and there's a cigarette burn on his car seat. Hmm. So then he's like, what, what? I never, I, I would never, never do, do this. that. Do you want to say the best line of the whole movie? Can I? Because it's <laughs> my <can>. favorite line. <laughs> his wife is like, baby, I told you not to smoke in this car, and he says, Rachel, please. Shut your magic lips. Ew. <laughs> Ew. God. Don't hysterical. ever let a man say that to you. It was no, the best thing uh, that's ever happened to me in my whole life. <laughs> we had a, it was really funny. Because the he misogyny so... was real. It was disgusting. Oh, man. So There was even a couple in our row. Oh, I loved them. I loved them, too. And they both just were like, yikes. Yeah. And the guy was like, don't say that, man. (laughs) It was really fun. Next scene, they are getting ice cream. Scott and Annie are. I don't know what day it is because they didn't explicitly tell me. (laughs) Scott, we've been living here for a week. (laughs) Um, So they're getting ice cream. She's already got hers. She's sitting down. I guess Scott is ordering his, which... That's not really even how, like, ordering ice cream shops goes if we want to know how humans work in this movie. (laughs) But anyway, she's sitting down with hers. He's at the counter, and he's, like, weirdly, overtly, weirdly flirting with the cashier. It's not innocent flirting the way that, you know, people do. And I just just imagine a lot of times in movies you'll see characters flirting and then get in a fight about it, and you're like, you're overreacting, and it makes sense. But this was like, he was saying, like, 
ooh, chocolate and vanilla swirl. So I wrote fucking weird flirty ice cream parlor scene because he was asking the dumbest questions. He was like, kind of ice cream do you have and it's like you there's clearly a menu your wife just got ice cream and she's like i have chocolate or i have vanilla and ever heard of a swirl and yeah and he's like a swirl what's that tell me about that it's like bitch i've been eating swirl ice cream cones since i could go to costco (laughs) (laughs) since i was able to suck my thumb i was able to eat a swirl (laughs) right everyone gets a swirl it's the best of all it's so, yeah, it was just really weird and creepy, and then the next scene, they're at home, and they get in a fight about it, and he's like, what? I'm just talking? What? It's like... It was overt flirt. It was yeah. too much. And it Ugh. was it was clear they, well, at least at this point in the movie, it just seems like, they can't be perfect, we gotta make them fight. So they fight. So they fight. The fight ends with him going, why'd you turn the TV off? And she's like, I didn't touch your TV. He's like, I left this on. And it's like, you left it on and then left the house? Hmm. Yeah. Why? <laughs> you don't have animals. What? I know some people do that when they have animals. Yeah, but... I just, I could, it would have been more interesting if the TV were on. Yeah, it would. The next day, Scott is presumably at work. Annie is in their kitchen and she looks out the window to see Charlie riding a lawnmower. Oh. Mowing their lawn. Mm-hmm. Casual. Cash. Casual. Yeah, then basically she ends up kind of not confronting him because she's still being very nice about it, but they end up having a conversation. He says something like, it's just so hard to leave this place. And it's like, then why'd you sell your house? And I would have just so little patience for somebody being on my property and being like, I just miss it already. It's like, call me and ask if you can come over then. Yeah. Yeah. And maybe I'll accommodate, but probably not. (laughs) And if you were going to move to Florida, I'm sorry, what happened to that? And so none of these questions are answered, yeah. probably oh. because Annie doesn't ask any of them. Yeah. <laughs> Instead, just, yeah. she invites him over for Thanksgiving. Oh, uh, yeah. yep. Great. So he's invited over for Thanksgiving dinner. This is when he says Jeepers is at Thanksgiving dinner. <laughs> um, and before the dinner begins, he arrives early, um, earlier than Mike and Rachel. He's brought the pies. Scott says, let me give you a tour, see what we've done to the old place. And Charlie, oh, would not be happy about that. Instead, we have this this shot of him entering the room that had the giant tapestry, and now it's this beautiful modern art piece, uh, just like a big painting, a lot of blues, and it looks like swirls and stuff, yeah. and it's pretty much the opposite of what it was. Mm. And this part to me was absolutely hysterical. I was, was, I was yeah. losing my mind, because Broad City does it. But jokingly. <laughs> jokingly, where the character is so viscerally affected by something or something came as such a shock to them that all sound fades out and you just hear this white noise alarm sound like a ringing and it zooms in on their faces and it's hysterical on Broad City, you know? And yeah. it, it just like zooms in hardcore and it's <laughs> deafening silence and instead that's happening to Charlie as he's looking at the tapestry. He can't hear anything Scott is saying because he's just in a white rage. Yep, and we, we see Scott's mouth moving and he's like, yeah, I got this. I got this painting for my wife. Isn't it beautiful? And Charlie is just, his eyes twitching. And yeah. Oh my yeah. god. It's I, hysterical. I'm surprised he doesn't straight up stab him in the face. <laughs> um, so now it's dinner time and we get a flat out reveal in words of what our theme of the movie is. Yeah. Because they're all having a conversation at the dinner Mike table. Mike and Rachel are there, by the way. They're only two friends. Mike mm-hmm. and Rachel are there, and we hear the two themes of the movie. Yeah. The first one is, 
Well, you know, Charlie, out with the old, in with the new. I think Scott says that. Then they're, you yeah. know, having their conversation, they're going on, and Charlie's, like, upset about that. And then the second theme of the movie is, Mike says, Charlie, you're a little crazy. <laughs> <laughs> he has this line where he talks about houses having souls, and you can't just, like, destroy a house's soul by changing everything. And Mike is totally arguing with him, and then Charlie says... What, you're just gonna go tear down the Taj Mahal now and build it back up to something new? And he goes, well, this place is hardly the Taj Mahal, but sure. <laughs> After he says the thing about the Taj Mahal, we see Charlie grab the wine bottle on the table and smash it over Mike's head. <gasps> but then... It's just in his head? It's clear. Yeah. It's just in his head. It was actually clear from the moment you saw that he wanted to do it that they were going to do a fake out like that. Mm -hmm. So I didn't buy it even from before it started. Uh, and then when they cut away, <laughs> I was like... That's so annoying. Yeah. Isn't it so great when they when people like... Honestly, people should stop doing fake outs after yep. Twilight Breaking Dawn Part 2. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, no one will be better at it than that. That when trope people... is just getting way too easy to see coming. Yeah. And then when it happens, I'm like... Yeah, I know he wanted to do that. I wasn't tricked. <laughs> what were you going to say that came I just think when people can pull it off, isn't it so awesome? Like Twilight. Yeah. <laughs> no one can beat it. Stop trying. <laughs> Iconic. Mike is then asking Charlie questions, and he asks him if he ever hunts at night. And Charlie says, no, Mike. That would be illegal. And smiles. And I'm pretty sure that's the end of the scene. It's, <laughs> it's Basically, this whole scene is them saying, I know, to the other. So Mike mm. is like, do you hunt at night? Basically insinuating, I know you were outside at watching night. me. I bet you burned my car with a cigarette. And then uh, Charlie is saying things about, because there's, he's out there on a smoke break. Charlie's saying things about cigarettes and not respecting things. And then right in front of his face, Mike takes the cigarette and puts it out on a statue in the backyard, like a... F you oh, to Charlie because yeah. they both are on to each other. Charlie's left. Now the couples are inside and they're having a laugh at Charlie. And Mike and Scott decide on making a bet of $500. Maybe $500. He's in the woods watching you guys right now. Let's go check. Yeah. Cool. And so they're just, you know, like macho men being stupid, running outside into the dead of night where it's foggy and it's dark and it's stupid. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and we get some very spoopy fog immediately. Mm-hmm. And... Did you say spoopy? I did. <laughs> <laughs> and then Scott has the hysterical line, turning back to look at his house and saying, Oh my god, you can see into my house. <laughs> my house that's like all glass with no curtains. <laughs> yeah, no, duh. You can see into your house. Uh. What? <laughs> it makes no sense. Yeah. Um... And simultaneously, we have cutbacks to Rachel and Annie, where they fail the Bechdel test. Yep. <laughs> oh, no. the only other woman in the movie, the only scene that they're in together, where they're both characters with names, yeah. they say, oh, what are we going to do about our boys? Oh, oh no. Our boys. And <laughs> then, then talk, am I right? And then they talk about Charlie some. That's it. <laughs> These women <laughs> don't have lives outside of their men. <laughs> yeah. It's Even just, though they write for feminist magazines. We're just here to make babies and have sex with our husbands. Oh. Sometimes on the kitchen counter wearing overalls. Yep. <laughs> it's just the kind of gals we are. 
We shut our magic lips. <laughs> we shut our magic lips when we're told to. <laughs> oh, God. They end up going to the, the bottom of the woods area around their house. They make it out to the road, and they see a car that's kind of lurking. So they start to chase the car, but the car makes it away. So they decide, you know what? We're going to get an alarm system up in this bitch because that's not okay with me. The car does it in reverse, too, which is pretty cool because if if they had seen even the make of the car, they would know. But the headlights are flashed in their face and then it zooms backwards so you can't even see, like, is it a Jeep? Is it a sedan? I don't know. Mm -hmm. It's Charlie's ugly car. (laughs) Just then... A four-year-old and his dad enter the theater and sit directly behind us. <laughs> <laughs> I love that you put that in there. You're kidding me. <laughs> we just kept double-taking. We were like, are, are you serious? They're going? They're, like, they were clearly movie-hopping. It was the middle of the movie. Yeah. Good job. Um, this is the next day. Of course, who comes except for Charlie to be like, why are you installing an alarm system? That's silly. And Scott kind of tells about the incident, and Charlie goes, oh, you know, there's always teenagers down there that are just causing a ruckus to come up here to drink and cause problems. It's probably what it was. And he says, hey, Scotty boy, why why don't you have any guns, bro? Like, to protect your wife and stuff. And Scott says, and it gets uh, mulled over real quick. So quick. Scott says, I don't like guns. My brother was gunned down in the streets. <gasps> and then Charlie says, sorry for your loss. And that's all we get of that. In like a really <laughs> gross way of like, oh, sad, bro. Yeah. Sorry. Buck and, up, son. Yeah. To touch on something that's that's so sensitive. Yeah. It, yep. it's We have no backstory on what gunned down in the streets means. We can only assume... And we never get an explanation. Yeah, but that's what a white guy writing a black character is like. He yeah. lost his brother to gun violence. And we'll talk about it once and he won't cry. He is fine. And this causes a rift between Scott and Annie in front of Charlie because Annie's not happy with him being that aggressive towards Charlie, even if it is about, which, no, shut up. He's allowed to be upset Literally that some gun on his property. Yeah. That somebody who is a stranger is trespassing with a gun yep. on our property. And you have a history with gun violence. Yeah. Annie, shut your beautiful mouth. <laughs> Annie, shut your magic lips. Shut your magic lips. That's what it is. <laughs> They're getting in this fight in front of Charlie, and Charlie starts making these weird Grinchy faces. <laughs> like he's smiling like the Grinch, and he's like mugging, and he's like enjoying it that they're fighting. And they they end the fight with Scott's uh, with Annie saying to Scott, "You don't even want this house." And it's like, did you guys really not even talk about like? Having a house and having children, like, you just bought a $3.5 million home because your wife said she wanted it, and you, like, you just want to give her what she wants, but you have no intention of fulfilling, like, anything. So this was the joke I wanted to make earlier, because I knew I had this joke somewhere, but when she goes, do you even want this house? I was like, Annie, that's not what we're talking about, (laughs) and it made me think of John Mulaney's joke about, are you telling me that if Hitler came up to you, you wouldn't kill him, and it's like... (laughs) Okay, we're moving on to a different argument, but sure. Right? Let's talk about that. <laughs> like, Scott doesn't so, deserve this. No. Um, he'll deserve stuff later, but right now. <laughs> yeah. Um, that was a weird fight. Mm-hmm. Next day, Annie is going to put up Christmas lights while Scott goes to, quote, work mm-hmm. with somebody named, get this, 
Jillian. <laughs> Jillian. <laughs> I leaned over Kayleen and I was like, that's a slutty name. <laughs> Just kidding. Hi, Jillian. <laughs> you slut. <laughs> He's at his work with this bitch, Jillian. And they're saying some more really vague businessy things. The client. She, she says, I wrote it down because, again, it just, I, now that you have made those jokes about my business job at the business factory, <laughs> I really started paying attention to dialogue on stuff yeah. like that. This is what she says. Wow, your fourth quarter numbers are staggering. <laughs> <laughs> to research like one job at a corporate one building. job like one job just throw out like one real phrase that doesn't have to do with quarters or budgets like come on the client the big deal <laughs> it's like wow business sure is doing well at the business place the, boss the project i'm gonna take a closer look at that now. <laughs> right yeah wow your fourth quarter number is just wow staggering <laughs> So it it becomes clear based on the way that she's talking to him that she is trying to get at that. Yes. And she invites him out for drinks. Mm. And at this moment, I'm like, hmm, sure seems like he's got a history of being a flirty flirt guy. So cut over to Annie, who's at the house by herself. Typical Annie. <laughs> and Charlie comes over to apologize for making them so uncomfortable and making them get Gosh. in a fight. So, and for coming over uninvited. I'm <laughs> he gonna, comes over uninvited. Yes. <laughs> to apologize for coming over and trespassing, I'm going to ask if I can come into your house and share wine with you. Yeah. So she lets him in because... She knows a lot about women? I don't know. Um, <laughs> yeah, this writer. Women love to let strange men bring wine into their home. Because totally. she's... Uh, well, so, if you got wine, that's the ticket. <laughs> yeah, and the whole thing is just that she's this people-pleasing... I just want to hear your stories, Charlie. Yeah. Like, old men fascinate me. I would love if she had a line where she said, old men with wrinkly balls just fascinate me. What's this wrinkly ball <laughs> that you guys keep talking it's about? It's from the office. <laughs> I told you that, like, the last time we were recording. Nelly, get your wrinkly old balls in here. <laughs> right. It's so funny. Uh, so she she has the, I think it's in this scene she talks about how she's always wanted to live somewhere like this because she's from the country quote from the country whatever that means yeah and so I think that's the writer's excuse of making her act this way it's like she's just a hospitable girl from the country she just loves everybody it's like yeah let them all in <laughs> so that's her character Although I don't trait. believe that even kind of <laughs> just Kimmy this woman is dressed so chic it's ridiculous. She's, she's wearing got, hoops. She's got this insane haircut that only a woman that beautiful could pull off that yeah. no country bumpkin is going to even try. <laughs> I just spilled my drink everywhere. Uh, it makes no sense. Yeah. And so they're they're sharing wine, whatever. We see him stare at her ass while she gets the wine yeah. glasses. So we no. know he's a creep. Jimmy, he's a man. <laughs> a wrinkly old man. He's got bad intentions. <laughs> Um, so then, while they're sharing their wine and their giggles or whatever, Scott texts Annie and says he's working late, and we <gasps> see him text this from a bar. So then, Scott, 
She calls him. She immediately calls him because she's like, that's weird. So she calls him and he answers. He goes outside of the club to answer, bar, whatever. And she goes, why did you call or why did you text instead of call? And I turned to Courtney. I was like, mm, he's totes cheated on her before. Mm. And that comes up a little bit later, but they just keep doing this thing of, you're not supposed to text me. You're supposed to call me. Are you at a bar? What's going on? And she hangs up and decides, you know what? I have another man friend I can hang out yeah. with. It was really sad, too, because you could see her, like, going into, like, a, a fit of, like, yeah. why is he texting? Like, that means he's cheating on her at that moment. And that yeah. was really sad to see. Yeah. Trust uh, issues, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And, and rightly so, because uh, as soon as he is on the phone with her, he's getting in a fight. I'm working, babe. I have a meeting tonight. I have to, you know, take these clients out. This is how I pay for your house. Yeah. And then hangs up on her and kisses Jillian. <gasps> he kisses Jillian? Jillian kisses, Jillian kisses him. him. That tramp. And he then doesn't push her off immediately. He doesn't push her off. He just goes, oh, no. We, we shouldn't. He says, <laughs> he says, I need to get my ass back to Napa. <laughs> Which really is like that? two hours away. Yes, that's a quote. <laughs> he's been drinking and, and he's, he's gonna drive back to and Napa. he's gonna drive like past the period. Yes, <laughs> and he comes home in the dead of night. They get into this fight. All their fights are so cliche. Their fights are so cliche, and it's really funny because they've gotten into this fight. So he knows he has to sleep on the couch. So he he sleeps on the couch in a full suit. Doesn't even take his watch off. I bet he's wearing shoes. Uh It looks ridiculous. He wakes up in the middle of the night because he sees Charlie or he hears Charlie. And so he's running around the house. But that's the ticket to, to, you know, for their their making up. They make up. Yep. And then they bang on the floor. And I don't know when either she is, again, (laughs) men made this movie. Uh, Either she sleeps in lingerie or... She had time while she thought there was an intruder in their house to put on lingerie and come downstairs. Yep. Mm. So then they bang, but she's full on in lingerie when they do. And we see from the hallway shadows, Dennis Quaid, a.k.a. Charlie, madly watching them. Yeah. And in we, a bat, like he's angry about it? Well, it must be because he's jealous because he loves Annie or whatever, or is into Annie. But I think it's funny how... Scott was upset that people could see into his his home, right, and yet yeah. has sex with his wife in front of their wide open windows. Yeah, at right? least the lights aren't on. At least it, the I lights aren't on. Like, Jeez. Yes. But, yeah. Next, we are at the scene just before our halfway point. Mm-hmm. Scott is in the coffee shop, and a random guy says, "Oh, hey." I think you're my neighbor. I know it's kind of hard to meet your neighbors because our houses are so far apart, but I'm so-and-so. Don't remember. Uh, They shake hands, and he says, oh, you're living in Charlie's house. Like, that guy's weird, right? Ha ha. And we find out from this guy that his wife did not die of cancer. He, quote, says she put a shotgun in her mouth. So they have a little discussion about how his wife did not die of cancer, she killed herself in that house, and Charlie is weird, and what else has he lied about? Yes, and especially just the whole thing of, this guy, his whole undertone is, I bet Charlie shot her in the head. Mm. That's what yeah. he's saying. He's like, at least that's what the cops say. They ruled it a suicide. Yeah. I don't buy it. Like, he might as well just have leaned in and been yeah. like, he killed his wife! Yeah. Mm. Um, 
he goes home and tells Annie and shows her what is very clearly a large blood stain on the wall. Oh, yeah. And she's like, it's paint. Yeah. It's splatterings. Which also, like, why it's been was it cleaned never... Up. It's, it's been cleaned up, but it's clearly, like, stained the wallpaper, because it's yeah. wallpaper. Uh-huh. So, like, if, if there's blood on this wall, because it's paint, you could rub it off. Yeah. But it's stained the wallpaper. Oh, my god! And she's like, it's an old house, babe. It's just they liquids from the house. blood stains on them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's, a, that's, that's, that's the halfway point of the movie. So, yeah, it's like as if she doesn't believe... Even that she killed herself. She's like, no, it was cancer. Which, it would take you two seconds to look up an article. Right? It would take you no time at all. Yeah. Uh, to look up an obituary. Yeah. To, oh, my goodness. Yeah. Call the medical examiner. Right? <laughs> <laughs> all right, halfway point. What are your predictions oh from gosh. here on out? I think that Dennis Quaid is obsessed with Annie. And that he's going to be starring He's going to tie her up. And make her Ugh. be his wife. He. Or he wants her to, to be his wife or mm. something. I bet his wife's corpse is somewhere in the house. Mm. No, like, the police know she killed herself. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, I don't know where her body went. It's so weird. She's definitely a suicide, though, but no <laughs> body. I bet he made the wife, like, like he told her to put the gun in her mouth and shoot herself. So it wasn't a suicide, it was a murder, it was a staged suicide? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think that Rachel and Mike are going to die, because mm. they keep popping up, I guess, yeah. and he already, Mike already has con- <laughs> conflict with yeah. Charlie, and also somebody's gotta die in this movie and they're expendable characters. Yes. Yeah. And I think that, that Scott's going to get knocked out with... The butt of a gun or a baseball bat. Ooh, I think that Scott is going to have to get over his fear of guns and use a gun. Okay. That that's what I think. How does the movie end? They they're gonna kill Dennis Quaid. <laughs> I, subtle obviously. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I do wanna ask one question. Sure. Any predictions about the kids in the picture? Oh. That's a good question. Kids in the picture. Maybe he doesn't even have any kids. Or maybe he did. And they're, they're dead in the house somewhere. <gasps> oh my gosh. Yeah. <laughs> you you heard kids laughing earlier? Uh-huh. Maybe they're like living in think secret children. <laughs> <laughs> These are my eternal children. I could put a spell His on them. His kids are vampires. <laughs> That's why there's blood on the wall. <laughs> he just gets so bloodthirsty. He had to kill his wife. <laughs> How nice of him to kill his wife so his kids could have food. They've got to have food. He's the breadwinner. This film was written by a white man. Okay? White He's men like, are vampires now? <laughs> they might as well be, am I right? Oh my God. All white men are vampires. <laughs> Second on the blood of the American economy. (laughs) Taking away the rights of everyone. Oh my god. (laughs) I think that, ooh, I think that Annie and Scott are going to be alienated from one another because of his shady past. But he's going to have to, you know what? I bet Scott's going to have to fucking rescue Annie. (laughs) Like she's a damsel in distress. Yeah. That's what I think is going to happen. 
So you don't think we're going to get a cool, badass feminist moment? No, I think that his <laughs> fiance versus Ellie Larder days are over. Okay. <laughs> oh, gosh. Does, like, Idris save her in that, though? She wipes the floors with her skinny ass. <laughs> well, not with Idris. No. Fiance does. Okay, so Idris doesn't come in and save the day in that movie? I didn't see it. I can't remember. <laughs> you know Go. what I do remember, though? That um, Idris did have um, issues with fidelity, I think. Always. I bet that's in Lakeview Terrace, too. It's been a while since I've seen it, so I could be wrong. Don't quote me on that, but I kind of have a feeling. I'm going to go out on a limb and say that David Lorry has issues with fidelity. (laughs) (laughs) Whoa! Shots fired! Shotgun fired! (laughs) I'm going to get sued for, like, slander. (laughs) David Lorry's like, what did I ever do to you? (laughs) You read this movie. You made me start a podcast and watch (laughs) it. You made me start a podcast. Uh, awesome. Alrighty, okay. let's move on with this sucker. So, they go to dinner. Scott gets drunk at dinner. He says, hey, let's go to that hotel that he keeps saying he's staying in. Let's see if his ass is even there. Alright? Good detective work, Scott. Right? Uh, after he's too drunk. After all this time. So, they go to the hotel. Oh, they do? They yes. do. Immediately. She doesn't protest? She's protesting, like, oh, come on, no, I don't want to do that. And he's yeah. like, one drink. Let's go to the bar there for one drink. Yeah. So they go to, I think it's called the Royal. Yeah. They go to the Royal, and they go straight into the bar, which going into the bar doesn't prove whether or not he's staying there, but... They walk into a giant hotel, and they say, he's It's actually here. a really ugly, shabby motel. It's, like motel, it's yeah. called the Royal, and it's shabby? Yeah. I mean, Irony is not lost on these people. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's yeah. just, they, they make a lot of conclusions by just going to a hotel bar and that's it. He's not bar. here. I don't see him. No, he's he must there. must not be here. He oh, is he's there? there? <laughs> he is there, but if he wasn't, that doesn't prove that he doesn't stay there. And if he is, that doesn't prove that he does stay there. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Like, either he's just having dinner there or he's in his room. Like, what? Yeah. yeah. So, bad, bad detective work. But this is written by somebody who wanted them to have this interaction. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So then, drunk Scott gets in it with Charlie. He's like, you're the worst. Don't ever come to my house again. And I don't know <laughs> what else happens in that yeah. fight. Uh, I <laughs> can that be the title? You're the worst. Don't ever go to my house again. <laughs> I I just wrote bar confrontation, and then we get a way better moment right after that. Yes. So yep. You Scott, about that. Scott and Annie leave the bar, and then uh, we get this shot where it's it's like dark lighting. I can't really tell what I'm looking at yet. I can yeah. tell it's like an arm flexing. And so, for a second, it just looks like some really intense muscles. Yeah. And then you realize it's somebody taking their shirt off, and we get to see their ripped, sinewy, old body. It's Charlie. (laughs) It's Charlie. It's Charlie. It's one of, it's, he's like, and then it's paid ripped? Yeah. Yes. He's ripped? He's, but you know, he's older. So it's like old man ripped where it's like you see all his veins and he's it's still very kind scary. Of. Does he have like a six pack? I he's mean, fucking ripped. It's ripped. Wow. And it's, it's Guys, overly tan. It's kind of like, except for he's not, Dennis Quaid is much older, but it's kind of like how Chuck Palahniuk is ripped. Except oh, for sexy. Except for it's like Chuck Polinick in like what fifteen years. Mm. Gosh, you guys remember how tight Chuck Polinick's shirt was? Yeah, but he's 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 skinny guy. 
Yeah, but he was ripped. I can tell that man is just like, every day I eat two egg whites and then I... (laughs) (laughs) And that sustains me. Yeah. Whereas Dennis Quaid, I feel like, was like, I eat this entire deer every day. Yeah, Yeah. he's a thicker guy, I think. This would have been a great, good for you, Dennis Quaid moment, if not for what comes next. Okay. Don't know why. We never really know why. We don't know why. He sticks his fingers in his mouth. Yeah. And he's, like, checking out his teeth in a mirror. Just the back ones. Just the Yeah, like, prying his cheek open to look at all his teeth, because he's a vampire. (laughs) (laughs) And it's just, like, so bizarre, and he does it on both sides, and then he practices smiling in the mirror. And as he's doing all of this, he's in what looks like a very, very shabby room. Yeah. Shabbier than this hotel, even. It is awful. Right? Ugly. Next. (laughs) Scott is now running at nighttime. Very dead to me of him. Having a jog? Having a jog. And a car comes and uh, bumps him into a ditch. What? Yep. Yeah, he gets hit by a car. He, like, kind of, like, gets out of the way so it doesn't full-on slam him, you know, over the car and stuff. But he gets hit into a ditch. It runs him off the road. Oh, my gosh. And now he's in the hospital. So Mike comes to visit him in the hospital, and Scott says, can you investigate Charlie for me? Find out what you can, everything you can find about Charlie Peck. What's hysterical (laughs) is we don't know what Mike's job at the job factory is. So (laughs) why can he get access to this information? Is he a cop? Nope. We have no idea. We know he's not a cop, because we see him in, in literally an office building. Okay. And I think think some guy's like, here's that file you wanted. You know, black market guy who gave that to you? What's happening? It makes no sense. There's no reason for him to have any of this information. Okay. Yeah. So we, d- we don't really understand why he's privy he's to that. friends with a cop. Not in this not in this office building that's like, it's late at night. <laughs> All the lights are off. Like, the cleaning crew's coming in. And some I, guy hands him a file. I just love that this movie establishes things that we could have figured out for ourselves. But then they're like, we will not explain how he got access to these files. No. And also the files say no new information hmm. to us. It's really just, it's just a matter of Char- Scott being informed that Charlie's crazy. It's a bunch of things that they want to spin as plot twists, but they're all just ad- what, adding... What, spent time in an institution or something? No. No, that he was fraudulent and his business went under. Okay. And, and that... that his daughter doesn't live in Florida. Oh. Yep, his and daughter doesn't live there, and... She changed her name. Yeah, and so he was gonna lose the house. Maybe that's why he's selling it. Getting caught for money fraud. A white man's worst nightmare. That makes you a murderer. Yep. Very weird. Charlie shows up at Annie's place again when she's alone. And he says, I heard about Scott. Like, man, bummer. Here's a pizza. And Courtney goes, I'm sorry. Heard it from who? Yeah. Who would have told you that Scott was in the hospital? And it's like, how did Annie not think of that? Annie's stupid. Because she was written stupid. <laughs> that is why, Kimmy. A yeah. Plus. Good job, Kimmy. Yeah. Um, and so, they're having pizza. Annie's having What kind a, of pizza? It looked really good. <laughs> it was like a margarita pizza. It's like, with it was like, like an oven fried. Fried? Fried? <laughs> oven. Isn't it called? 
Oven, oven fired. Oven bit. Fired. Oven fired. It's like an oven fired margarita pizza. Yeah. <laughs> and like thinly sliced Italian style yeah. and weird shapes. <laughs> it looks awesome. Yeah. No <laughs> um, wonder she let him in. However, Annie is having just the grandest of times talking to Charlie. And I wrote, this looks so boring. I would hate to hang out with a sad old man. It was, they, they were, what were they talking about? It was the most boring thing. Literally, it was just her being like, wow, you've led such a life. And he would just be like, yeah, and that's when I, you know, I did this thing. And I, and I was, I could not fathom having this conversation. It looked so awful. I legit felt like he was talking about like fertilizer or something. Like he was like, I love mowing lawns. (laughs) I love fertilizer. And she's like, Charlie, you're just something special. There's something about you that you're just so, you're a breath of fresh air. (laughs) That's right. I use organic fertilizer. (laughs) That's what's different about me. And so, um, Charlie says to her, he gets real close to her face. He's pouring her a glass of wine and he gets right up in her ear and he says to her, don't look now, Annie, but outside the window, someone's watching us. Don't move. And he's smiling. Is it a deer? (laughs) (laughs) It's those fucking teenagers again. Instead, it's Mike, who has been sent by Scott to go check on Annie. And he looks and he sees another car and he goes, what the hell is Charlie doing here? Because we need everything spelled out for us. We need to know that Mike sees Charlie. We need to know that Mike knows Charlie's there. Um, so yeah, now Charlie goes outside. He brings an axe because you never know what kind of teenagers are outside trying to That you should threaten them with an axe? (laughs) (laughs) Kimmy, you can never be too safe. Yeah. (laughs) He has to protect Annie. Um, so he goes out there. Mike's walking around. Charlie comes up on Mike, like, through the bushes. And it's like, ah, oh. And they both kind of have a laugh because Charlie's like, oh, Mike. I could have killed you, Mike. Yeah. I meant to kill a 16-year-old, but I could have killed you. I could have killed you. (laughs) And they're like, ha, ha. Mike clearly feels in danger because, you know, Charlie has an axe. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then Charlie, who has earlier told us he doesn't smoke and clearly hates that Mike smokes says, you know what? I will take you up on that cigarette. Let's share a smoke. It's very creepy. And Mike's like, okay. And gives one. I love this line, though, too, because he says, may I have one? Uh And uh, Mike says, I thought you quit, because they had established that the first time when Mike was smoking. And then he, he just goes, yeah, right. And I wrote, get it? He can't let go of things. Like, it just was so clear. Like, I thought you sold this house. <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> I, thought, I thought your wife was dead. Yeah. yeah. Right. right. <laughs> I thought you were a nice guy. <laughs> yeah. Right. Uh, yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, and then he hands him a cigarette he starts smoking his own, and he goes to light Charlie's, and Charlie's like, no thanks, I'm gonna save it for later. <laughs> okay. That's what you do. Jesus. <laughs> so, they're walking around, and, oh, this is actually really funny. So, right after he lights his cigarette, the woman in the couple sitting down the row from us goes, that's gonna be your last! <laughs> <laughs> And I was like, epic. <laughs> That's so funny. Yeah, I liked it. it. <laughs> and uh, so they're smoking, whatever. <laughs> they're walking up back to the house. 
And they're having this intense conversation where Charlie's asking Mike if he agrees uh, that second chances are a thing and that people should have second chances. And of course, Mike feels threatened and is like, yeah, dude, I totally believe that because he's saying it about himself. Like, Mm -hmm. I want a second chance. And then it becomes apparent Charlie is not talking about Mike. He's talking about himself Mm. and how Annie is his chance, his second chance at a family and a life in that house. So he says, all I got to do now is just get rid of Scotty and then murders his ass with the axe. Do it. And he doesn't go for the head. He goes for the stomach. It's a very interesting choice. He should have gone for the head. Yeah. He twists his ankle. Or so he says. Uh, he goes and saw, or he goes back to Annie, and he's like, um, Did he say that? Like, oh, God damn it, twisted my ankle, just yes. for the audience. <laughs> <laughs> he's, like, limping into the house, and she's so concerned, and she asks him to come in, even though she's not a doctor. She I decides, wrote, Annie is a nurse now. <laughs> yeah. She's from the country. Women she just, just know about to... medical care. <laughs> We're just so motherly. And know how to take care of everyone. So she diagnoses it as a sprained ankle because mm-hmm. she's the expert. Yeah. And um, she does have a medical degree from the job factory. <laughs> from and, the job factory. And in this moment of her explaining to him how he should tend to the ankle, mm-hmm. like she's saying, like, you know, you're going to want to ice it, you're going to want to wrap it, you're going to want to do this, that, and the other thing. Yeah. It's that deafening white noise again as it zooms in on Charlie and he's totally ignoring everything she's saying and it's just a blaring alarm sound of him just like locked in on Annie. Basically he's oh. just this time it's out of love. Yeah. He just can't get over her. She's the best thing he's ever seen. And he sniffs her hair. Oh yeah, gross. Yeah. And then says, I should stay with you. You know, I'm injured. Scott's not here. <laughs> anyway, he doesn't. He leaves. Scott comes home the following day, and... Oh, but I wrote, finally, she says no. Yeah. That was a big moment of her saying, no, you may not. And actually then, as soon as he leaves, she goes and takes a shower. And as she's in the shower, Charlie opens up the door to the bathroom, and he starts undressing. And Mm -hmm. he does this sickening smile. It's so gross. He takes off his shirt, almost. It's just awful. And her phone starts ringing. So he gets scared. So he gets scared and he mm-hmm. ducks away. Yeah. Oh. It, it, just the fact that it took him asking to spend the night for her to say, I don't think that's okay. Mm-hmm. Right? So now Scott has called. He says, you know, like, I'm going to be coming home from the hospital, whatever. I don't know. They have a conversation about Charlie, of course. Yeah. Scott comes home, and basically, this is when they talk talk about it all. He says, you know, I found out this, this, and this about Charlie. He's not who we think he is. I don't trust him. And how would he have known that I wasn't here yesterday? Which, thank God, the movie said that. Because, mm-hmm. Thankfully. Yeah. And also, when he gets home from the hospital via an Uber... Charlie is there on his, like, on his yeah. driveway smoking and holding Foxglove, the, the flower. The flower. Mm. And he's like, I brought this for you. I'm sorry you were in the hospital. Mm-hmm. He runs inside and tells Annie everything. He's like, I want to give this to Annie. It's the most beautiful flower. And Scott's like, no, you're not allowed. So he <laughs> doesn't let him inside. Doesn't let him inside. Explains everything to Annie and then goes, boop, 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 911, yes. 
I need one restraining order, please. <laughs> is, are, are you serious? Yeah. He yeah. orders a restraining order over the phone. <laughs> that's not how those no, things work. a little bit. Yeah. And then that's the end of that scene. Yeah. And I can just imagine the dispatcher laughing and going, can you come down to the station right. with hard evidence and also no... <laughs> I, I wish he would have said that and then hung up, like, as if, uh, that did it. <laughs> One restraining order. You know who it's for. <laughs> I thought you needed, like, a lawyer and a judge and stuff. You, you definitely need, need more, more than a phone call. Yeah. So, from all the information that Mike gave to Scott, Scott is like, I'm going to go do some investigating. I'm going to obviously leave Annie here by herself, because every time I do, it's not like Charlie comes around or anything. I yeah. can do this. Yeah. He decides he's going to go find Cassidy, who was in the file, who is supposed to be living in Florida. It's Charlie's daughter. And instead, he calls the number and is like, Cassidy, and she says, I don't go by that name anymore. And he says, it's about your dad, Charlie. She hangs up. We also know from the file that her new name now is Vanessa. She's changed her name. She's moved away. Mm. So now we're back at the house. And Annie is downstairs. She's unpacking some groceries. Honestly, this scene doesn't matter. But Charlie comes into the house. It's clear he wants to be with her. He has, like, he's in the house when she gets there. And she's like, this is not okay. You can't keep doing this. But it's this really scary scene where she's trying to, like, coax him out of the house. Mm -hmm. She finally gets him out. She's, like, crying, it's really scary, and she's really freaked out, and then she hears this thumping from upstairs, and she's like, ah, tits, how do you get upstairs? <laughs> and she goes upstairs, and it's not him, it's the linen closet, the one where all the towels are, it's thumping, but it's because it's actually a secret passageway that has, like, come open, oh. and it's thumping. Oh my gosh! Am I about to be right right now? You're about to be right right now. <laughs> oh my god! There's children everywhere. What? <laughs> A flood of children come out of the living closet. They're all vampires. <laughs> so she's she's walking. She notices. You know, like, a pot for making food. She notices, like, the bed and stuff. Anyway, basically, she she's already has all the evidence she needs to know that he's living down there. Oh, yeah. But then, she just is like, why not see how far this thing goes? Mm. I want to see what this secret passageway is all about. Thriller smarts. <laughs> I'm going to walk all the way to the other end, and it's a very long passageway. Very long. God. And, uh, I don't know, just to prove that he's actually living down here. And she makes it all the way to the other side where there's a door. Mm-hmm. And she opens the door, and it leads out to the driveway. This is, like, the door of their shed, to which it's like I... Outhouse. To which I say, you never opened it. I know they haven't lived there long, but it's like, you bought the place. I would yeah. walk through every room. Yeah. Yeah. Make sure there's not dead bodies around. Right. So she opens the door, and Charlie's still in the driveway. And rather than close the door quickly or something like that, she just keeps looking, and he turns around, and very scary, goes, no, and, and starts sprinting. Sprints. Sprints at the camera. It is terrifying. It's so scary. I hate it. He sprints, and it's it's a good shot of it directly at the audience. Yeah. So it, it's like he's coming fast for you. He's coming <laughs> for you, Kimmy. It is awful. He's crazy-eyed Quaid. She, crazy-eyed she like, Quaid. closes the door, 
and turns around and starts running down the hallway, and guess who's hanging? Frozen. How is he frozen? I don't know. Like, we're not in a freezer, but he's a popsicle. <laughs> it's so cold in the basement in Napa. It's, it's Mike. Mike's a popsicle, and he looks ridiculous, and he's got, like, ice all over him, and oh he's, he's open-mouthed and yeah. hanging, and she screams, obviously. She either makes it all the way up to the linen closet, or he grabs her within the... I mean, really, he should have grabbed her, like, in the tunnels and kept her in the he tunnels. Because then Scott couldn't have found her. Yep, but instead, we're now back inside the house. Annie's unconscious. It's about to get real bad. Before we see Annie wake up from getting knocked unconscious, we see Scott actually finally get Charlie's daughter to talk to him on the phone. Mm -hmm. He finds out she doesn't live in Florida, she lives in Maine. Which is hysterical because if you change your identity, you don't tell the first stranger that calls you where (laughs) you are. Right. Mm -hmm. She's like, I don't even live in Florida, I moved to Maine, I changed my name. Here's my address and my social. I was like, you're doing a great job (laughs) Um, (laughs) laying low. I also wrote, this actress couldn't be worse. Like, she is so bad. Do you know who it is? No. No. I know she's only in it for a second, but I was like, man, wow, really taking me out of this already not great movie. Uh, She says, I know my dad killed my mom because she wanted a force. And she threatened to take his house away, his precious house away. So he shot her and made it look like a suicide. I know that. Oh Even my god! Though, I mean, I'm sure she didn't witness it. She no. just knows. I have a hysterical direct quote. Oh, <laughs> that uh, we absolutely needed as the audience. She says, "It's all about the house. If you're in the way of him and his house." You're in danger. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Direct quote. Good, like, yeah. Good, good right. stuff. <laughs> good. Somebody wrote that on paper and said yes. And gave it to the worst actress in the world. <laughs> They've still written more movies than I have. <laughs> Fair enough. So Annie now comes to, and pretty much immediately as she comes to, he is already trying to rape her. <gasps> he's, he's trying to rape her? Oh my he's god. He's licking her. He, I mean, he's licking her? He licks her, her from stomach to chest. Ew. And then, really then up gross. to the face. Ew. Dennis Quaytum. While calling her Annie, which just ruins the parent trap. <laughs> right? <laughs> oh god. Oh god. And, and this, I know that he has a very one-dimensional character, but it's like, do you want the house or do you want Annie? Because you very clearly can't have both. We wrote the same thing. I wrote, is this about the house or the wife? Yeah. You can't have both. You can't have both. Pick one. Like, it just doesn't make sense. It really makes no sense for him to like Annie. I don't see that at all. It seemed like it's always been about the house. Yeah. Yeah. All of a sudden, it's about Annie. Yeah. Really, it should be instead that... You trap both of them and make them live in the basement and you get the house. I don't know. Yeah. Something like that. So now Scott shows up, of course. So he ties her up and he puts a cloth in her mouth. And I wrote this down because it is my, one of my least favorite things of all time to see in a film. I cannot stand when somebody is tied up and they have a cloth in their mouth with no duct tape over it. Spit it out and scream. You have have a working tongue and teeth. So, anyway, she doesn't spit it out because, I guess, I don't know, her tongue stopped working. And Scott comes home, and now Scott and Charlie are going to have to duke it out. And the woman can't defend herself. (laughs) To be fair, she does get out of some degree. She does. She gets out. She either gets her feet or her hands out of it on her own, but not the mouth. 
Um, this makes no sense because there's no ledge or anything, anything at all in this room that we're in. We're in this room. It's like the staircase landing where the linen closet is. And it's a huge room. If you see anything in a huge room, if anything is there, you're going to see it. Mm-hmm. And so Scott is like walking up a staircase where, again, you have a full view of the ceiling and then is looking around and out of nowhere, like a Spider-Man moment, mm-hmm. Dennis Quaid descends from the corner of the not-high ceiling. I don't know how. Meaning no. meaning that they expect us to believe he's literally like Alex Honnold <laughs> holding himself, like how Alex Honnold does pull-ups with two fingers. Mm-hmm. It's as if they expect us to believe that he's like gripping the, what's the, like the lining of the the closet or something and like yeah. g- pulling his legs up to be on the roof. I don't understand. I, I, I think that we already established that Dennis Quaid is ripped. <laughs> okay, but no, they're trying to defy the laws of physics and yeah. gravity. <laughs> and but how yeah. long was he holding that position? It makes no sense because there's literally nothing he could have been holding on mm. to. He descends, throws Scott off the stairs. Yes. Mm. Throw, yeah, throws him all the way to the first floor from the top. Uh, he goes through the fucking chandelier and everything. It's so brutal. Um, It falls to the ground. So now he's like, alright, back to Annie. But she has escaped. And he's trying to get to her and realizes that she locked the door. Do you remember what kind of weapon he likes to use other than a gun? An axe? So he starts axing away at the door and I went, we're gonna have a shining moment. (gasps) Are you (laughs) serious? He sticks his head through and it's literally the exact same still. Yep. The the exact same still with the same, because we saw him practicing that smile earlier. So he's doing that same smile. Yeah. At that point, Annie, I think, smacks him over the head. They end up in the same room. She stabs him and he's, you know, taken down. It's a brutal stabbing. Which leads her to run away to go and scoop up Scott. Mm -hmm. So there's our fine, shining feminist moment. But at that moment, Charlie yells, I want you out of my house! Yeah. And does a beast-like growl. Scott and Annie are hiding. And this is what's obnoxious about this movie, is that there's no time or no effort to be clever. It would have been clever if there had been something established ahead of time about how, like, maybe one room of the house is the room they know better than Charlie, or maybe they're they're using something of his tactics. Like, you know, it, it just would have been more interesting yeah. if something had happened, but instead all we have is this pathetic thing of them standing behind a door, yeah. literally yeah. waiting for him to come. There's no they didn't, cleverness like, try to, to get it. out of the house. They or... didn't try to get out of the house. They didn't try to one up him on anything. Instead, it was just hiding and waiting. Okay. Yeah. And so they're hiding and waiting behind this door. All right. Charlie now has a gun. Mm-hmm. Oh. He shoots Tuco. <laughs> <laughs> Good joke. Good callback. Wow. Yeah. So Charlie now has a gun. He comes into the room that they are in, and at that moment, Scott is able to from behind the door. Beat him over the head with a baseball bat mm-hmm. and wrestle away Charlie's gun. So Annie calls the cops. I know that he called the cops earlier to get a restraining order, but this is the first time that they've called the cops when they should have probably eight more times before uh-huh. this. Yep. Uh, Annie calls the cops and she says, before it has happened, when he's pointing the gun at Charlie, she says, Come quickly. 
my husband just shot an intruder. And before I finish off this movie, when I went home, I was like, I know I've heard that before. Something similar where somebody said it in order to intimidate the person about to be shot. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, what was that from? Have either of you seen that movie, Sleeping with the Enemy? No. With Julia Roberts? No. So in that, basically it's about... Spoiler alert for that movie, but uh, she's in an abusive relationship and she like pretends she's dead and runs away and moves somewhere else. Anyway, climax of the movie, husband finds her, he's trying to kill her, and she's got a gun pulled on him, and I was like, I think she says something like that. So I looked up the scene. <laughs> she says, word for word, come quickly, I just shot an intruder. Hmm. And wow. I'm like, why does this movie think it has earned the right to, like, copy? It, it's copying when it's not done right. What's weird, too, is it's not even an homage. It's just flat-up flat plagiarism. Yeah. Because yeah. Sleeping with the Enemy is not, like, an iconic movie. Yeah. It's where not, you can, like, The Shining. Where you can have a shining moment and have it be like, the, the filmmaker just loved that. Instead, it's like, the filmmaker just loves stealing from Sleeping <laughs> with the Enemy. <laughs> So, I just thought that was pretty crazy. Um, yeah. So, it, it's this, this ridiculous climax of, and, and the alt, the and the final shot of the two of them standing over Charlie. He's weak. He's been hit in the head with a baseball bat. He's been stabbed. He does not look well. Do you remember what his dying words were? Annie! I got you the foxglove! <laughs> What's, what? <laughs> the flowers? That's his and dying so words. we still don't know the symbolism of the foxglove. <laughs> it uh, never got used for poison like I thought it yeah. would. <laughs> Before he says that, though, he says to Scott, you won't shoot me. Yeah. It's not even loaded because he'd already, like, shot off some rounds. And Scott says, check your pocket. Meaning there were other bullets in there that Scott somehow maneuvered took out and all I could think of was like that movie Focus with Will Smith and Margot Robbie where they're like ultimate pickpockets. Oh, that's <laughs> I was like, how did you get the bullets out of his pocket? And, and without him noticing. Without him noticing. And he says, check your pockets. And then at that moment, you know, like the, the blood drains from Dennis Quaid's face and he realizes that Scott did take the bullets mm-hmm. and loaded them into the gun in no time at all. Does he ever shoot Dennis Quaid? And Annie calls 911. Charlie has that line, those dying words, that yelling out. Mm-hmm. And Scott says, go to hell. And murders a defenseless old man <laughs> who already would have been taken away. Movie's over. Really? Yep. Yeah, it ends with uh, him shooting him and then a, a loud song plays. I'm sorry if we feel like we ended it really fast. That's how it ends. It's, it's very fast. Wow. My two biggest questions after seeing this film were, why did you tell us Foxglove was poisonous when that was never a plot point? And two, why'd you show us he had a son when you never spoke of him ever? Because there's going to be a sequel. The oh, no, thank you. <laughs> Let's rate this sucker. Okay. Here we go. Three, two, one. <laughs> wow. Kaylee. Kaylee gave what? Mine and Kimmy scores out of two. <laughs> I was so I, scared you were going to lower than me. You gave it a oh, six. Oh, really? Yeah, Why Kaylee gave it, it a six. six. Kimmy and I gave it a three. <laughs> because, guys, I would totally rewatch this for fun. <laughs> I had a fucking blast. I'm not going to lie and say I wouldn't rewatch it. If, 
If a movie is truly bad and I don't have any interest in seeing it, I'll rate it below a five. Or if it was so bad that I'm like, that's not going to be enjoyable to watch again. Can I ask what your minimum rating is for buying a DVD? For buying a DVD? Yeah. What does the score have to be for you to buy a DVD? Uh, I wouldn't buy one for The Intruder. But if you got it for me as a gift or something, I'd be like, ha oh. <laughs> Um, I, I mean, I don't, I don't think about that when I buy DVDs. I think well, I buy them more based on how they make me feel. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I rated it a three because I'd watch it for fun. Yeah. Yeah. I, I know that I just recently rated something a two and I can't remember what it was. Mortal Engines, wasn't it? Yeah. No, I'd rated that a two. Oh, La Llorona. Yeah, did you did. Did you rate that a two? I think I did. Uh, so I think that this one's probably better than La Llorona, just because it's more <laughs> yeah. entertaining. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That's all. Okay. I gave it a three because it was bad. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, and, and Kayleen's the only person I think I would enjoy this movie with because it's so ridiculous um and and it was it was fun to just be in a theater with people who were shamelessly talking out loud as well i mean that that's the it was it also was so similar to greta yeah this movie was so greta of Mm. just an old person who can't let go of a young person and they end up having secret trap doors in their home where they're hiding things and they have a child who's changed their name and moved away Mm -hmm. and the protagonist tries to get a restraining order it's it was greta (laughs) yeah yeah but But with a lot less of talking like this i i also think i would rate greta like a four though you'd rate greta above this yeah i might i don't know i'd probably i would probably give it a six too Greta, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I had more. F- I might even give Greta five because I might rewatch it because that, that shit was funny. <laughs> uh, this one, Fred, I, Greta was scarier. I'll give it that. Yeah, mm-hmm. it had a, an element of thrill to it that this one just doesn't have because this one's pandering and yeah, and it, they give it all away in the trailer. He's creepy. Something's not right about him. Exactly. Yeah. Our last thing for this week is to share with you our watch list, what we're adding to it, and what we recommend. That's typically in theme with the movie. Do you guys have one that's in theme this time? I actually thought about bringing it up earlier, but then it didn't seem as relevant. When you were mentioning the movie Obsessed, I really wanted to talk about this really bad movie that (laughs) seems to have a similar vibe to Obsessed. It's Tyler Perry's Temptation. I actually do recommend it, and the twists are part of the fun. Uh, This one, though, if we were doing ratings, even though... So I've seen it once. I totally would watch it again, like, if you guys wanted to or something. Um, But this one, if we were rating it, I would legit give it a two, even though I would watch it again, because it's so garbage. It's, like, (laughs) so garbage. Um, it's the funniest thing you'll ever watch. I watched it with my cousins and we had a grand old time. There's a part where Kim Kardashian gives the main character a makeover. What? That's wow. awesome. <laughs> Guys, this movie has it all. I'm confused. Is this a thriller? Yep. Okay. <laughs> that sounds like a rom-com. Uh, it's awesome. Okay. Mm-hmm. So for my watch list, uh, I already said that I watched John Wick 1, but I want to watch John Wick 2 and John Wick 3. The whole point of starting to watch them is that I want to see John Wick 3 in theaters because I just feel like I haven't watched, besides Marvel, I haven't watched a pure action film in theaters in years. Like an actually good action film in theaters. So that's kind of the point of why I wanted to do this. Um, I also think I'm going to start watching Stranger Things soon because I want to rewatch the whole thing before season three. Um, adding to my watch list, I saw some stills from it today and then watched the trailer and it looks really good. I'm just not sure where to watch it. It's this, um, 
dark indie movie called Little Woods mm. um, with Tessa Thompson and Lily James. It looks like a very uh, slow burn, kind of scary, kind of reminded me of Hell or High Water, but it looked bleak. Um, it looked pretty dark of just two sisters who have to come back home after their, their mother's passing and trying to raise money to, like, uh, keep their house. Hmm. But that makes it sound very corny. It, it looked yeah. it looked really dark. and um, Don't they rob shit? Yeah, it looked very dramatic, and it, I want to see it. It was supposed to come out to theaters in April, and it definitely didn't come out anywhere here. Mm-hmm. So now I'm going to have to wait to, to rent it somewhere, but I would like to see that soon. And then my recommendation, I just feel is... In the same vein as this, but they did it better, because it was not afraid to be campy and funny and filled with Shia LaBeouf, as oh. the movie Disturbia. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, Disturbia is just like a fun, house-based thriller. Of, you know, <laughs> house-based. He's got, he's got house arrest, he can't leave, his neighbor's a creep, there's some much better twists and turns yeah. and dead bodies hidden inside of a house that I liked. Um, I, I like that movie. I think a it's- Rihanna original? A Rihanna original was this song that played over the credits. I really like that movie. <laughs> On my watch list, I would like to watch Ten Cloverfield Lane. Nice. Uh, I've seen it before. Uh, just recently got reminded of it. And um, it's just a really good movie. And I would like to watch it again because I've only seen it once. Um, and for my recommendations, y'all, book smart. <laughs> Oh, yeah. Oh, certainly recommend Booksmart. Yeah. It was so good. And I know we've already touched on that, so that's all I have to say. But, yeah, seriously go out and see that. Support those women. Do mm-hmm. it. Do it. Speaking of women on screen, next week I'll be talking about some more old shit. So <laughs> join me next week as I explain to Kimmy and Courtney the entire plot of Rob Zemeckis' movie Death Becomes Her. We're switching up the order a little bit. We decided we're going to start uh, doing whoever, whenever, so that we can... <laughs> okay. We're going to be slutty, and we're going to do whatever we want so that we can get uh, like in time with movies. Kayleen loves those old movies. Check us out next week for that. Later. See you later, alligator or crocodile. Crocodile. Crocodile, the <laughs> My magnum opus of a joke.